This is LBC, leading Britain's conversation with Steve Allen. Tweet at LBC. Text 84850. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. It's nice to have you company. Welcome along to It's Thursday. Already it's Thursday. Already it's uh, it's going to be a nice day. I do hope so. Uh, the Lorraine Kelly High Street Fashion Awards were yesterday. It's a bit down market. You wait till we read the cast list of who turned up, really. It's like bring out your dead. Uh, the interest in caravan holidays are soared. You don't think there's anything to do with the Roonies, do you? And they sort of purchased a caravan the other day. I think they had to save their pennies for it. Uh, barred by the club bouncer. A few guys, because of their colour. Unfortunately for the club bouncers, they've uh, they put their pictures in the paper today and they've done a transcript of the conversation. The travel boss finally says sorry. Not really enough, is it? And Colleen Nolan. She's really not that daft, is she? Please tell me not. All of that and more this morning. Plus the most shocking news you'll read in a newspaper. Footballer is virgin. You're never going to read that, are you? You're ne- you know, Anne Widdicombe is virgin. You would expect to read and various other people. Not footballer is virgin. But uh, it's in the paper today. And they've listed five famous virgins. How they know, I've got no idea. I've got no idea. I'm assuming at some point, I mean, I'm only guessing, that Anne Widdicombe's seen her fair share of action. I mean, do you not think so? I mean, in her early days, if you look back at, you know, she was a bit of a looker, you know. There must have been a few people at college had sort of, you know, be still my beating heart. You know, I mean, Anne Whittacombe was a was a bit of a looker. Uh, Shirley Bassey is blasting today's divas in the paper. Cliff has sold his home, the one that was raided by the police. He said he doesn't want to go back there ever again, and you can understand it. So Michael Caine on the red carpet in Cannes with Jane Fonda. He's 82. She's 77. They both look absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. And then uh, Theresa May lost her temper the other day. I was listening to it on LBC. I was I had to to laugh, really, as she sort of she she quite clearly, you know, I'm in charge. I'm in charge. I'm going to do this. I'm telling you what to do. I run the country. Don't ever mess with me, police officers. And she was laying down the law. Either work with me or work against me. I thought, oh, dear, you're not very. Perhaps she's got a lot of insecurities. But whatever it was the other day, she didn't come off too well. The train's cancelled. I must remember to cancel my car. I shall do that tomorrow. I should get somebody to cancel my car for Monday because I don't want to get into the studio. Only to have to panic about trying to get home again unless they're going to avert the strike. In which case, it's a bank holiday Monday and I can drive in anyway. It's no, no big uh, no big deal. Oh, and Katie Price's husband, Kieran. They've dragged this weary twosome up again. Plus the plumber with a pilot's licence. My God, those plumbers make a bit of money, don't they? Uh, he's among nine men arrested in the jewellery heist. And they found lots of, uh, lots of jewellery which might or might not be linked to the aforementioned robbery. National treasure Barbara Windsor is looking for a Sheridan Smith to play her. And uh, shoes worn by Sir Roger Bannister could make £50,000. All of that, and there's a new programme on Channel 4. It's called High Class Call Girls. They're not. They're just old scrubbers who charge for it. That's all they are. And I've seen it before. This is nothing new. I saw a programme about this. It must be 20 or 30 years ago. Channel 4 are just scraping the bottom of the barrel, looking around for a few old brasses who'll sell a story. You know, about how they they operate out of Mayfair and they make a £1,000 a, a client and it's all very discreet. They just look rough. That's the trouble. It doesn't matter where you're operating from. You're doing the same thing. The world's oldest profession. They're constantly telling us. World's oldest profession. And they sort of try and make it out like it's really classy. As opposed to, they're just, they're just sex objects. 
And two of them operating out of a flat in Mayfair. Very unwise when you go on a television programme, because immediately the taxman takes an interest. Nobody tells them this because they're a bit stupid. And so the taxman will be taking an interest in these people, talking about, you know, how much money they make. Oh, so you make £1,000 a night, do you? Oh, no, I just said that for the television programme. Ah, so you're a liar as well. A bit like Linda Nolan, who was overclaiming on her uh, on her benefit. She is up in court, but not on twelve grand. they are doing it on four grand. they have allowed her to get away with the eight. And actually talking about one of the Nolans, silly old Colleen again. I'll read you what she said the uh, the other day on the programme. I mean, she re- and we know she's not intelligent. I don't think there's any shadow of a doubt. She's just a little girl who was in a popsy band. This is the woman who was going to send her son to a prostitute so he could get uh, his first, first... And she discussed it on television. She's an embarrassment. She's the fat, embarrassing mum from hell. She really is. And now what she said about uh, about gay people and the bakery, although I have to be honest. I don't want you to take this in the wrong way, ladies and gentlemen. But seriously, a gay man going to a bakery to make a cake? A gay man who can't bake a cake? What is going on in the world? Of course they can bake cakes. Of course they... Probably the icing defeated him a little bit. Perhaps he couldn't get the picture on the top, but now you do a photo and it's not not too difficult. But I did laugh. And um, uh, the other story which I was going to do was the... um, uh, the pilot who killed the dog because it barked. I don't want to be flying in any plane soon that this man is on, thank you very much indeed. I really don't. He's, he's not very pleasant at all. He dr- because it was barking. So he drowned it and cut it up into pieces. I mean, I am in the real world, aren't I? I'm not in some, some horrible fantasy or something, some horrible film where people go, yeah, I'm going to cut you up to little pieces. The kind of thing you kind of worry about. Mind you, talking and worrying about things. Um... I get in the car this morning, and the driver is obviously an LBC fan, so we're listening to LBC. So, of course, I don't say anything. I sit in the back. I stare out the window. Actually, in this particular case, I was sending tweets. I got a bit carried away. You can always tell when I'm stuck somewhere where I don't really want to be. I start sending loads of tweets. And then, to make matters worse, on comes the, uh, the trail for Steve Allen's So You Want to Be a Celebrity book. So, at that moment, I nearly dived under the seat covers. By that time, I'd lost the will to live. Wasn't at all happy. But, uh, never mind. Never mind. It doesn't matter, actually. And, uh, Diana... She says, I gather you sent good wishes to me. My stay in the Charing Cross Hospital. I have to say the attention and care I received could not have been better. You know, from all the staff, through the stroke, the brain consultant, the radiographer. Very good. They're very good, aren't they? I like Charing Cross Hospital. At first, she says, I hadn't wanted to answer a call at that hour from a private number. But I did, only to discover it was the consultant himself. So it's fantastic. So anyway, she's had tests and uh, she had Food in there and breakfast and uh, the consultant, pardon me, the consultant checked her and said everything's fine. She said the food was brilliant. She says, I, I was then a pincushion from all the injection, injections, including a cannula to take the pink dye used in the, the MRI test. So um, she says it's a fallacy that consultants don't work at weekends. They certainly do at Charing Cross. Yeah, they're great, aren't they, down there? They've got a private wing at the top. They have a, a private wing at the top. And you can walk all the way round, actually. Walk all the way round. It's really fantastic. Uh, 84850, steve at uk, And uh, another one here, because we read everything out on the programme. Actually, I must bring you the, uh, the weather a little bit later. I always get confused with the weather. And uh, people were talking about, was this, uh, did Darren do this story about the kid who wanted his mum to buy the homeless person a meal? 
I thought a bottle of gin would have been more appropriate. What do you want to buy them food for? They don't appreciate food. They've also n- not, not got the use of, uh, of legs, because they all seem to manage to sit on the pavement. Can't they stand up, actually? I don't give to anybody sitting by a cash point, I think. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. And um, let's, let's, I tell you what, I want to go through some of the papers first of all, because there were so many little stories in there that, uh, that I wanted to get round to. And I wanted to sort of make sure that we got them in first of all, just in case you get a little bit, a little bit panicky. Let's do the, uh, the sick pilot. This is, uh, let me just see. He's, uh, he's called Stephen Woodhouse. Uh, Alison and Alan Boddington uh, and their late daughter had a, a little dog. And uh, he's obviously a, a, a barking dog, but then lots of dogs bark, don't they? Anyway, this, uh, this crackpot, uh, Mr. Mr. Woodhouse, Stephen Woodhouse, walked free from court yesterday, um, even though he's been dubbed an evil, deceitful psycho. He's a horrible person, isn't he? And um, he robbed us of our dog. The court heard that Woodhouse, a friend of the couple, shifted seven-year-old Border Terrier Meg's body four times to avoid suspicion. Uh, Alan says, I've never felt so betrayed. When we found out he'd killed Meg, I felt physically sick. He brought back all the feelings after we lost Lauren. He's a lunatic and I'll never forgive him. They moved in next door and uh, he flipped, you know, because this dog barked all the time. He tried to cut... Meg's microchip out, hacking her body to pieces in the process. Then he panicked and hurled the corpse into a hedge. Next, he stashed Meg in a plastic box in his car boot before moving the body to a remote lane. Finally returned it to his shed. I mean, the catalogue, I mean, he's quite clearly mentally ill or something. And uh, and what did he get for all of this? A suspended 12-week jail term, told to pay 2,400 costs and an £80 victim surcharge. And that's it. But anyway, the good news is the company that he flies for, and I'm trying to find who it is. Uh, oh, it's he works for Flybee. And uh, Luke Farajala says, we're taking this extremely seriously and can confirm that Captain Woodhouse is suspended. Thank God for that. He's guilty. I wouldn't want him flying. I wouldn't be flying Flybee. I'll only be flying Flybee again, Luke, if you tell me he's been fired. You know, I mean, somebody who can... Make an animal suffer like that. I'm sorry. I've had enough of these people who work for these big companies. You know, we, we had it the other day with Thomas Cook. Took a long time to get the uh, the boss of the company to come out and actually apologise. Of course, he didn't apologise to them. He's seeing them apparently later and they are going to reserve judgment. But I mean, he's left it way too late. Nine years too late as far as I'm concerned. So people are cancelling Thomas Cook holidays. In the case of Flyby and their psychotic captain who cut and and killed and cut up this dog, I wouldn't be going on Flyby any time soon. I shouldn't imagine you would as well if you're an animal lover. Why would you want to be on a plane where the man killed a dog? A totally defenceless animal. Little tiny thing. Little tiny thing. And it was the, the replacement in this couple's life for their daughter that they lost. Oh, no, I think not, Mr Woodhouse. I think you're going to be listening to the sound of your own feet marching out the door of Flyby. Well, I sincerely hope so, anyway. I sincerely hope so. Other stories in the papers. The Gay Dads. They look slightly peculiar. And uh, these are two people who made money out of phone lines years and years ago. And they decided to have a family. So with artificial insemination, off they went to America. And I think now they've got one, two, three. They've got five children. They can afford to do it. Unfortunately, the children are indoctrinated with the same show-off attitude as their parents. Aspen, one of them, Aspen, I ask you. Aspen, one's called Aspen, one's called Saffron. 
get over yourselves. And uh, Aspen said, a lad asked me, a lad asked me, a lad asked me, where are we coming from here? Uh, if I'd end up like my dad, I said, what, rich and successful? He's 15. Grow up. Then you look at the picture of the fathers. I mean, to be honest with you, I think Dad Barry looks like he needs to maybe go on a major diet very quickly. And by the way, glass is wrong. OK, just so I'd mention it now. And Dad Tony. I love the way rich and successful. They made their money in these phone line things. And that's all it was. And I'm sure they're a lovely family and marvellous. The daughter, Saffron, says, I don't want or need a mum. I can talk to my dads about anything. Of course you can. Because they're gay boys and they've been around the world a few times, I should imagine. They could probably discuss everything. And the reason she doesn't want or need a mum is because she's never known one. If you've never known something, it's like saying, you know, I- I've never known a three-headed hydra in our family. And so consequently, you know, why would you ever miss it? She wouldn't. But uh, they, 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 they live together in a, in a nice house. There's obviously a little bit of money, but that's great. But you don't want a 15-year-old saying, uh, what if you ended up like your dad's, what, rich and successful? No, I think he meant gay. Trying to explain it to you, Aspen. I think he meant gay. You know, what if you ended up like your dad? Gay. OK? So you could be rich, successful and gay at the same time. So, uh, really, 15 years old, but maybe not the brightest penny in the entire world. Oh, it's quarter past four. I missed the... Nick Ferrari at breakfast on LBC. Hundreds of thousands of people endure a painful, undignified or lonely death due to appalling end-of-life care of Dr Peter Carter, who's chief executive of the Royal College of Nursing. And... This is a truly shocking report. This is a real wake-up call. It is possible, Nick... To have a good death. Distinct lack there of Bobby's on the beat. Let's put that to Stephen Greenhouch, who's Deputy Mayor for Policing and Crime. Deputy Mayor, no one's uh, seen a copper on the beat. 2012. We actually need to get the Bobbies at the times and of the day and in the places where they're going to prevent crime from happening. Stand by. Here comes on your own time the Hilti DD350. <laughs> Radio was invented for. I don't think you can hear me, uh, Mr. Grace. Is that good enough for you? Jay Grace, Diamond Driller. Nick Ferrari at breakfast every weekday morning from seven on LBC. With Hampton by Hilton, with over two thousand hotels worldwide. Nick and the team at breakfast. Nick will be asking, "What do you want your police to do? Be there?" I think. We'll hear from an American policing expert to see if we can learn anything from the theory that was applied in New York City. And is the freedom to protest always absolute? Right-wing protesters are planning an anti-Jewish demonstration on a Jewish holiday in Golders Green. I mean, you couldn't make it up. I feel embarrassed even reading that to you. That's Nick and the team after seven this morning. And that's after the morning news with Lisa Rezees. Looking at the paper today, executive editor of The Times, Roger Alton, will be in the studio. I've got to stick a rock. I've got to stick a rock. Look, I've got sent a stick of rock. Interestingly enough, this is this is a Port Rush stick of rock. Even more ironic, it's made in Blackpool. It comes from Blackpool, goes all the way to uh, to Ireland, the north coast of Northern Ireland, not far from the Giants Causeway. It has done a bit of travelling though, says uh, says Dennis. He says it doesn't matter if you get it in Southend, Clacton, Brighton, or wherever. They're all made in Blackpool. I know. I've seen the factory on the television. I quite like the idea that you can have anything made up. You know, you can put, I could have lots of rock with Steve Allen written on it. You know, that'd be nice, but it lots of, lots of rock with Steve. This is a particularly big piece of rock, actually. So thank you very much indeed. He says, um, I'm, I wonder if you could get me a visitor's pass and take me on a tour of the studios. I wish I could. I wish I could. Unfortunately, they don't allow that. And, um, and I can't remember why it is. There's a reason for it. Um, so that's the only. So it's a very nice sweetener, 
But you should have written to me before and said, can I get a tour of the studio? Because if, believe you me, if we did tours of the studio, we would be inundated. It would be permanent permanent people going round the building and like a giant crocodile. And so they don't have the uh, the people to do that or the insurance. That's the problem. Mind you, of course, if you get a job, then you can come in any time you like. I mean, I'm in here every day. Every single day. I can't. The funny thing is you tend not to think about it. I did tweet the pictures of the studio and I've tweeted the picture of, uh, of this studio that I'm in. This, I think I've done the picture of this studio. I can't remember now. I might, I might tweet a picture of this studio a little bit later on. I did do the plants yesterday. You remember we had a disaster the day before because the heavens opened and it was awful and I couldn't do anything and I was a bit, I was a bit miffed about it because I'd had the plants sitting there. It's OK. So yesterday I filled up the plant pots. My next door neighbour, Cat, she's got a little boy called Matthew and he's at, the, he's at the repeating stage. You know when you say something and so we, I was doing the plants and I said... He's, he's, he's Polish. Well, he's half Polish, half Scottish. But they're teaching him both languages so he can converse. You know, he's only young. He's only little. Uh, he can have words. And so I said, well, so Matthew, should we put the plant in the middle? And he'll then repeat, in the middle. It's like he's learned something new. And so when I said to her, I said, where are we going to put this? In the middle. And that became the catchphrase of yesterday. In the middle was the thing. So we planted them all out. He was, he was very pleased with it. Then he put a bit of water on all the plants. And so I've done that. So that, that was kind of a lot better. Then my brother gets back from holiday. He's been into the Dominican Republic. He had a fantastic time. Exhausted, of course. Boiling hot over there. Freezing cold here. It's come back to 10 degrees. So I've said I'll nip down Saturday and uh, take him to the garden centre so he can buy. He only doesn't want anything too posh for his balcony this year. But knowing him, we'll get to the garden centre and he'll go, oh, that looks nice, that looks nice. I've got to buy a couple of hanging baskets and I've got another load arriving as well. But I want two, two big ones outside the front door. And then we'll wait and see how it all turns out. Should go quite well. Yesterday was a, a lovely day. It really was. It, was. it went a bit overcast and I thought it's going to rain and it rained a little bit later, but not before I got stuff done. And then I did a trip to Costco because I'd run out of Prosecco. And I go into Costco, as you know, and and I, I know exactly where everything is. I go straight to where the Prosecco is and none. No, well, I mean, I nearly had a cardiac on the spot. No Prosecco. No Prosecco in there. So I walk out. So I asked one of the guys, I said, um, Prosecco? And he went, no, Brian. And he, he pointed to his name tag. So I thought it was quite sweet, very a sense of humour. So um, so I looked around. I couldn't find it. He said, I thought I saw someone on a trolley. He said, when I came in this morning on a pallet. So anyway, so I get to the, the checkout, I put my stuff through, and then yeah, to compensate, I buy some, uh, some Grey Goose vodka, because I like Grey Goose vodka. And I, I thought, it's, it's only fair, isn't it? Can't get the Prosecco, but I was feeling a bit miffed, because Marks and Spencers don't appear to have any in Twickenham at all. They seem to have substituted it for champagne, so that's annoyed me to start with. They never even asked me. Never even asked. They've still got the barking mad security guard wandering around talking to himself and talking to the fruit and vegetables and singing little songs to them. I don't think he's ever caught anybody for shoplifting. He's like many because he's not facing the right way. So I, so I, I go... At the Once you've gone through the tills in, in Costco, there's a little thing there which is... Um, uh, you can go and ask them if they've got something in stock. So I, say, so I said to this guy called Jamie, I said, uh, I'm looking for Prosecco. He said, is it not up there? I said, no. He said, I'll have a look online. He said, we said, we've got our own brand, Prosecco. And I wasn't keen on that idea. And uh, I said, I wanted this other one, the Superior. It's a, it's a very nice one. Comes in a yellow and black box. He said, I know the one. He said, we're supposed to have. He said, wait a minute. He said, I think some came in, but the boxes were damaged. So he, he got this girl, Holly, off the till. And he said, can you go and find some Prosecco for this gentleman here? 
this gentleman. So, um, so I said, as she was walking off, I said, oh, two, two boxes, please, which is 12 bottles. And anyway, after about uh, five, six minutes, she came back and she was pushing a trolley with 18 bottles in it. So I thought, it seems churlish to make her walk back with the others. So I bought 18 bottles of Prosecco. And it's a particularly good, it's a very lively Prosecco. And when I say lively, you've got to hang on to the top of a bottle of Prosecco because it will shoot the top out. You could take out ceilings. Really dangerous. And in fact, Will, my my other producer, so many producers here, uh, he gave me a bottle of Prosecco yesterday, which is ironic, seeing as he's the one getting married. So he actually gave me a, a nice bottle of Prosecco which was lovely. So I've got that one chilling in the fridge, together with the Grey Grey Goose vodka, and I've got 18 bottles of Prosecco. So that's the next two days sorted out. Lovely, isn't it? Lovely. Anyway, moving on, I must tell you about the the UK's Fashionistas. We're out in force at the Lorraine Kelly High Street Fashion Awards. You're gorgeous, you're beautiful, you're marvellous, I'm ancient. And uh, so here they were, and uh, who who actually turned up? It's the same old, same olds. Yes, good old Jessica Wright. Still no boyfriend, still troweling on the makeup, was there, taking a break. And uh, Gemma Collins, whichever way you look at her, it's still a fat bird. Uh, also, Susanna Reid, what on earth is she was doing? I've got no idea. And uh, Frankie Bridge, that's Frankie as in Frankie used to be in the Saturdays. And Ola Jordan, so it was a bit low rent, but no doubt they'll be playing that out to you later on today. And, uh, and Jessica Wright, as I say, she can't find it. You know why? She's bloody boring. She's the most boring person you'll ever hear. No, 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 Really, really dreary. Really dreary. But, uh, but funny. And I tell you what, we haven't heard from him for ages. We've heard from all the other ones, because JLS split two years ago, mainly because they weren't selling albums and the record company had lost the will to live. So uh, Marvin's done all right. Uh, Aritzi has done well. JB Gill. And, uh, and then we often wonder what happened to little Aston Merigold. The one who used to sing on children's television. The wheels on the bus go round and round. On the big rock candy mountain. Used to sing all these songs and the kids would join. Little tiny kids. And he used to put a chef's hat on. Anyway, he's sort of grown up a bit now. He hasn't got any taller. And uh, he's also decided to uh, to have a go at the music business. Because he's not been in it for ages and ages. And so for two years, he's been waiting. He's uh, He's 27. He says, what made it difficult? Because obviously, you know, they have to give him a load of publicity. So little Dan, who was the one who got the uh, the wedding of Jerry Halliwell, so wrong. I mean, it couldn't have been it couldn't have been worse. He got the venue wrong. He got everything wrong. There weren't all the uh, the bridesmaids and the bride boys, the page boys. There was none of that at all. He couldn't have got it more wrong. He couldn't he couldn't have been further away. Couldn't have been further away. But anyway, um, he's uh, he's he has a new single out. And it might or might not do well. And I say it might or might not do well because that's the fickleness of the business. The fickleness of the business is that if you've been in a group, it's fine. As a solo artist, very rarely works. Very rarely works. You know, as poor old Sarah Harding's found to her cost. Nobody was remotely interested in Sarah Harding singing. She's way too old. Way too old. And I'm not too sure whether or not, you know, as part of a group... You know, they they were very successful until the end when it just fizzled out. And now, really, I'm not sure whether or not the world is ready for Aston Merigold. I'm not sure whether or not Aston looks butch enough to forge a career. He's certainly not sexy enough. And that's the trouble nowadays. They're looking for a little bit more. There's a little bit... I don't know what it is. 
Can't quite put my finger... Because if I could put my finger on it and tell you what it was, then people would use it. That would be the benchmark. That would be the thing that would prove that this person can make it. And I think the fans move on. I think fan, they go and find somebody else, don't they? They, they listen to somebody for a while and they, they buy into the, the records and they buy into the hype and the, the DVDs and the videos and the touring and the dolls and the posters. And then it splits up and the fans go, well, thanks very much indeed, we go find somebody else. So whether or not Aston Merigold has left it too late, I don't know. Time will, time will tell, ladies and gentlemen. It's now fourth. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. 28 minutes to five is the time. 28 minutes to five. And it's uh, Thursday morning. It's the 21st. The good news is that a lot of people get paid tomorrow, which is uh, which is good. And by the way, Jez, if you're looking for them, they're not there. They're not there. <laughs> Everybody's been looking for these things from uh, our friend called Paul. And uh, they're not there yet. They normally go up a little bit uh, earlier, but they're not, I'm afraid. So uh, you'll just have to wait till you get in. But I have a present for you this morning. I have a present, which is not, I like to give presents to people. I think presents are, are good. You know, it's, it's kind of a sweetener for somebody. You go, I've got a surprise for you. And they go, can't wait. Cannot wait. Any lady, says Teresa, and uh, who says, uh, any lady that is a real quality, a so-called high-class escort, would not go and broadcast this on television. I know, but they have. Hookers on television. And the, the worst thing is that the one that they've highlighted, I mean, really, really bad, really bad. Why would you want to go on television and embarrass yourself and tell people that you're a prostitute? Why would you want to do that? I don't quite understand it. And there's a picture of her. I mean, she's, she's not great looking. She works in a flat. Her name's Cookie Jane. Cookie Jane is a prostitute. And uh, there's nothing high class about her at all. She's operating in a, in a flat. And uh, she went out. Uh, she said, I fell into this job by accident. Um, I spent an evening having loads of sex. Sounds like a typical Thursday in London town for me. And said, I left with £10,000 in my bag. Hope you declared it on your tax form, love. That'd be good, wouldn't it? Because if you haven't, the tax man's coming after you big time. It's no good bragging about something. Because if you're not paying for it, she reckons she's slept with about a thousand men, which is not bad for a ropey old bag like this one here. And she operates with a, with a friend of hers. And um, she charges £500 an hour and only sleeps with trusted clients. Ooh, makes it sound quite almost respectable, doesn't it, really? Whereas, of course, it's not. She's just another tacky girl who operates out of an address. And uh, I wonder whether or not, because there's two of them in this house, I wonder whether the landlord knows that it's operating as a brothel, because if there's more than one girl, that's a brothel. So if there's two people operating in a house, it's a brothel. But uh, there again, she's no better than the people who walk the streets. It doesn't make her high class at all. Remember the woman we told you about the other day? Remember I told you about this woman who was so stupid? Devon Boone. I mean, even the name makes you think a bit, you know, a bit uh, less of her. She's a customer services advisor. She answers the phone. OK, let's just not make it anything it's not. And, um, and she's, uh, she's another one playing stupid. And so this is her five seconds of fame. They've taken around London. Somebody called Cherry Wilson. I don't know why they bother doing this. It's an embarrassment, Cherry, isn't it, really? You know, your lowly skills as a hack, having to do something like this with some, some thick woman who really didn't know who David Cameron was. She had no idea. And so now she's had a two-page spread in the paper. She'll be on a reality show shortly. That's, that's the kind of low level. And I firmly lay the blame at Cherry Wilson's door because it's stupid journalists like that who give oxygen to these people. You know, no, no clever thing being stupid, is it? No clever thing at all. You know, people point and laugh at you. Ha, 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 ha. Uh, this is Prince Charles. 
uh, finally uh, saying goodbye to his great uncle on the spot where he was murdered by the IRA. Not just him, but the boy who took the boat out, uh, who was only 14. And uh, and also young Nicholas Latchbull, Latchbull as well, who was only 15 at the time. And he's gone back. I mean, to be honest with you, most columnists have said roughly the same. To see Prince Charles shaking hands with Gerry Adams, I think possibly is the most sick-making photograph that anybody's ever seen. It really is. You know, the people who murdered Louis Mountbatten. I mean, it's just... It's, it's, I, I realise that things have changed over the years, but that, that must have been quite a difficult thing because Charles was so close... So close to, uh, to his uncle Louis, you know, and and to lose three people, you know, really not good. But I, and it amazes me that in all these years he's never been back. Never went. This was nineteen seventy nine. So what are you looking? Thirty six years, thirty seven years. Never never went back there. You'd have thought that that would have been the first place that he would have wanted to go to, but uh, he didn't. Andrea in Scotland says prosecco on a pallet. <laughs> oh my word! Yes, a prosecco on a pallet. I mean, 18 bottles I've got. And Sue Ann says I couldn't even try to eat a stick of rock. Well, you don't, you don't crunch it, do you? Or do you? I don't know. This is an enormous, enormous stick of rock from Dennis. He, think, he seriously thinks a stick of rock, which cost a pound, is going to get him for a tour around LBC. If only we could. Perhaps we'll have to do it as one of our... Um, when we do our, our next charitable event, perhaps we'll, we'll do it for that. I think that would be good. And then Mark says, I think the people you talk about, you must be OK... Uh, with them first, because you have uh, a writ on your hands. Unless you, you, I reckon you must be pushing 50 to talk about the 50s. I'm a, I'm a voracious reader. I know everything about everything. I am the best informed person. If you do a speech radio programme, it's no good sitting there going, I don't know about that. I don't know about this. I know about everything. I know a little bit about just about everything. There is nothing that you couldn't ask me about in the real world that I wouldn't know about. I can find out within seconds, so I'm a very, very well-informed person. In fact, the same as anybody who listens to LBC, you would be a, a very well-informed person. If you didn't think you were, well, then I can probably confirm it for you. So it's, 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 very, it's very easy to try and come over as a little bit glib, but when you read the newspapers every single day of your life and I include seven days a week, you do actually get um, get some sort of authority on things. You do have a comment on everything. I can converse in most subjects. Because, you know, if you've been around for 30-something years, and um, then, you know, that's the way it's, it's going to go, isn't it? You're going to be educated. I'm going to find you the bit about uh, Colleen. This is uh, Colleen Nolan. This is the not bright one. Oh, by the way, I must just mention, ever so funny, there's some poor woman who used to write to me. And we've had to... I've stuck her in the uh, in the junk bin now because she's too stupid for words. She thought... She, she was the one who wrote a week after Jerry Halliwell's wedding where she got married. What she does is she picks up magazines from uh, from news agents. And then she just copies it out and then sends it in like, you know, we've already done it the week before. And then she stupidly thought that she was holidaying uh, in Monaco. But, of course, anybody knows Jerry Halliwell. She knows the south of France, and that's exactly where she is. She's holidaying in the south of France for her honeymoon. But it's so funny, there's this poor woman who writes in, and I had to, oh, we had to put her in the stupid box because there's just no point, is there? If somebody doesn't really know anything about anything at all and they just copy it out of magazines, you know that there's something definitely the matter. Um, oh, somebody says, Steve, 18 bottles of Prosecco and a bottle of Grey Goose. No, 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 you misheard. Three bottles of Grey Goose. I don't, I w- I'm not the sort of person who goes out and buy ones. You should have realised that by now. I never, I never buy anything in ones. It doesn't matter what it is, it's always in twos. 
always in twos. Two bottles of this, two bottles of that, two, uh, two of these, two of those. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So 18 bottles of Prosecco and three bottles of Grey Goose. So uh, I was having one of those spendy days. You know when you do it, you have to do it every so often. And I don't do it very often. I'm actually quite good. I'm not mean. I'm not mean. I'm careful. You know, I've got money on me. But uh, if, if I can, I'll, I'll try and save it. Yesterday, I got a, a letter through the post from uh, a big insurance company that I've got a pension with. And it said on it, uh, if you want to know how much your, your pension is worth, phone us up. So I thought, I've got nothing to lose. So I phoned them up to find out how much the pension is worth. And uh, when I stopped shaking, I put the phone down. And, um, and then I spoke to my bank manager and I said, oh, I found out about my pension. And she said... Have you told them who you want the money to go to if you, uh, if you die before the pension comes out? Because they, they've offered you the opportunity to take some money out of it. Well, I don't need the money out of it, so I've left it in there. It doesn't make any difference to me. I didn't, didn't take out a pension to start taking it out in dribs and drabs because it adds to your tax bill. So I thought I wasn't going to do that. And so she said, you can assign your pension to somebody else because my other pension, which is with, uh, with my bank is assigned to my brother. He'll be thrilled. He'll be very thrilled. So he's actually got that bit. And this one I haven't assigned to anybody. So she says, you need to assign... If you phone up, you get a form and you fill it in, and then it, uh, it can be... It, it can be, um, you know, assigned to somebody. So I'm, I'm going to do that later on today, in between buying more, more plants and stuff like that. Um, was this... Who was, who was this sent to? Did you have a homeless man talking on the programme? And somebody here says, I want to contribute to him. And um, I don't know whether or not we're able to do things like that. I don't think, as a radio station, legally, we're allowed to actually take money in and pass it on to somebody. So that, that would be the, uh, the problem. Sorry about that. That would be the problem there. Uh, 84850, steve at uh, Let's try and weave everything in this morning, get it all done. Uh, 84850. Uh, somebody said, has James O'Brien started taking Botox injections? Really? I don't think so. We'd have noticed that. We'd have noticed if James... No, he wouldn't. Uh, no, that's not the sort of thing that he would ever do. I don't think James O'Brien in a million years would ever, ever have Botox... Mind you, having said that, I'm hoping I'm right. No, he wouldn't. It's, he's not... It's, put it this way, he's not the sort of person who would ever have Botox injections. <laughs> I don't, well, I don't think so. No, he wouldn't, no. The more I think about it, the more ridiculous it seems, actually. Uh, Paul in Highgate says, uh, we should campaign to make sure this person is never allowed to fly for any airline ever again. This is Stephen Woodhouse. This is the man in all the papers today who drowned the next-door neighbour's dog because it was barking and it got on his nerves and then uh, sort of hacked it to pieces trying to find the microchip so he could take it out. He didn't know what to do with it. I mean, quite clearly, he works for Flybee. You know, apologies to Flyby. But frankly, he's been suspended at the moment. Uh, I think if you've got somebody who's as psychotic as this, they shouldn't be allowed anywhere near an aeroplane. Nowhere near an aeroplane. That's my honest opinion. I, I want to fly with somebody who's like that. Good God. If that's what he's like with, uh, with animals, what must he be like with people? And the answer is, I don't know, but I don't want to go on any plane where he is. Phil says, if you buy everything in twos, where's the second Bentley? Ah, Funny you should mention that. Um, <laughs> uh, another one here says, uh, Steve, are you a Gemini? No. No, oh, for the twins. No, not at all. No, I'm, I'm Piscean. I'd have to be Piscean. I'm born on St. Patrick's Day. That's why Dennis sends me sticks of rock. It's got nothing to do with wanting a trip around the studio. It's to do with the fact that we have a kinship. 
You know, I'm born on St. Patrick's Day, the 17th. We notice I very wisely didn't call it St. Paddy's Day, because I think that's nothing but an insult to uh, to the good saint. So uh, so I'm always quite a nice nice person about the... Never been there. Never been there. Never been there. I should go, shouldn't I? I should definitely go over there. Perhaps I might feel a calling to go to Giant's Causeway or something. 76 politicians... 135 TV, radio or film stars, 43 musicians and 7 athletes. These are the public figures suspected of child sex abuse. It's even bigger than we imagined. Jimmy Savile was the tip of the iceberg. Rolf Harris was the tip of the iceberg. Max Clifford was the tip of the iceberg. There's more people coming forward every week to the police. The police are stretched to capacity as it is doesn't help with uh, people sort of saying, oh, we're going to make some cutbacks within the police force. They couldn't get any more cutbacks. They certainly weren't, the other day, being overdramatic when they said it's going to get worse. You know, no police on the streets. What do police have to do all the time? What is the one thing that holds up the policeman's lot, as they say? And it's having to write up reports. They have to write up reports from their notebooks, and that takes for ages. So if you arrest somebody... You've got to stay at the station till after your shift and you've got to fill in your little notebook and do all the rest of it. And to be honest with you, they need to speed up the system. What they need to do is they need to employ people in the police stations who can do all this uh, this this copy taking down. You literally have somebody there. You phone them up or you go in and go, I started and get them to do shorthand. And then they write it up. They write up the reports. Otherwise, you know, you've got police officers sitting in the police station and that's not, as far as I'm concerned, doing a useful job. They need to be out there on the streets. I want to see police officers on the streets. I want to know exactly why they're not out there. And the answer is because they're, they're woefully understaffed and they don't have the people. They don't have the people out there anymore. So people are sort of going, should we join the police force? Not really. I don't want to sit there writing up stuff. And that's what they're having to do. So, so when the Home Secretary says you should really, you know, prepare yourself because we're going to make more cutbacks, you think, well, you know, she was almost threatening to them. She was almost threatening. The police thought were terribly gracious, terribly gracious to her. Mike Oldfield is, uh, is uh, in mourning the sudden death of his son at the age of 33, uh, which is way too young. Uh, Dougal Oldfield collapsed and died at work. Uh, the death is unexplained, non-suspicious. They have no idea he works on TV shows and ads and everything else. It's not like there's any sort of history. Actually, the, the, the strange thing about Mike Oldfield is there was history. When Mike Oldfield, and I can remember to this day, because I'm just about old enough, to remember Tubular Bells. I remember when Tubular Bells... Oh, I'll have to tell you the story in a moment, so I've missed my time check again. I'm getting worse at this, you know. I was so good, I get carried away telling you a story, and then all of a sudden look up at the clock, and the clock's like going, take a break, take a break, so we will. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to have you company. So, talking about the, uh, the sad news that Mike Oldfield's son has died at the age of just 33, and it reminds me there was a great programme on the television a little while ago all about... Um, Mike Oldfield, and I, as I say, was old enough to remember when Tubular Bells first came out. And I can remember a friend of mine from school, his sister had a little record shop in our hometown, and uh, he got the keys, and we went in there, and we, we sat down on the floor, and we listened to the whole of Tubular Bells. Literally, both sides of the record, because it was, it was on vinyl. And it was innovative. And Mike Oldfield then tried to repeat it with Hergist Ridge. It didn't quite work the same. But at the time, he was a very, very nervous performer. 
he didn't really want to perform, but because it was really the first hit, I suppose, for Virgin, they decided they were going to put him on, I think, at the Royal Festival Hall. And uh, they were a bit under-rehearsed. Some of the musicians didn't quite get it. And to cut a long story short, at the very last minute, literally at the very, very last minute, Mike Oldfield decided he didn't want to do it. He had no intention of performing it in front of this vast audience because it, it wasn't as good as it could have been. They needed a lot more rehearsal. I mean, since then, obviously, he's, you know, he's the expert. Um, and I think Richard Branson was the one who said, listen, I'm going to come down and pick you up in my roles and I'm going to drive you to the gig and I'm going to hold your hand all the way through it because I know that you can do it. And so they're, they're driving in the car and Mike Office said, I don't want to do it. So I really, really do not want to do this gig. He just, he just wasn't prepared for it at all. He didn't want to do it. He, he wasn't happy about it. And so in the end, Richard Branson said, look, I'll tell you what, if you do this, this, this show tonight, I'm going to give you this Rolls Royce. And that's exactly what happened. He did the show. It wasn't the best, but everybody loved it. And since then, I think it's gone on to sell, oh, I think 16 million copies, 16 million copies. It was in the charts for 250 weeks. It never, never moved out the charts. It was permanently in the charts. 16 million copies. And uh, Her- Hercus Ridge, I think then Omadorn. Was it Omadorn? Yes, Omadorn. And, uh, and then last year, Man on the Rocks. But he has done Tubular Bells about all over the place. He, he lives in the Bahamas. And he doesn't really want to... He doesn't want to do it anymore. He's done it. It made him the money. That was his creative period. Because none of the other things, you know, just weren't, weren't right and you've got to, if you're a creative person, you've got to make sure that it's right. And now he's lost his son, which is absolutely terrible. Absolutely terrible. So our sympathies to, uh, to Mike Oldfield, who, when he was uh, around in London, used to listen to LBC. So that's good, isn't it? 84850. Somebody said, Les says, I can unload some of those 18 bottles of, of uh, Prosecco. <laughs> and then somebody says, for somebody who claims to know about everything, you know very little about James O'Brien's Botox habits. Well, I see him almost, you know, three or four times a week. And I'm telling you now, I've looked at him very... I've been closer to him than most people, probably his wife. And I can tell you now, but the, there's no Botox there. I mean, if he was going to have Botox, he'd have had a hair transplant. So, um, so, and he hasn't had that, so he's definitely not having Botox. Uh, Maureen says, enjoying the show, uh, I was a nurse. You're very naughty. You should tell your fans not to send in sweets to you. Mind you, they should know by now that you're insulin dependent. Oh, it's nothing. Somebody from one of our other radio stations, a guy called Steve, the other day, he said, um, he came out, I was in the kitchen making a quick, uh, quick cup of coffee, I think at about five o'clock, and he came out to offer me a chocolate and coconut biscuit. And so I said, oh, I, th- I said, I can't have that. So he said, why? I said, I'm diabetic on insulin. He said, oh, I'm so sorry. He became quite apologetic. I said, no, don't worry. Don't worry. I wish I'd not told him, actually. I could have gone with it. He, he said, because first of all, he said, he said, do you, um, do, you, do you not like coconut? I thought, if you knew how much I liked coconut. <sighs> wow. Love it. Love it. Uh, Steve. Uh, Theresa May was responding to Police Federation's spin. I'm no fan of the union, says Patsy. Yes, the trouble is, you know, if they're going to decimate the police again, and she became quite nasty. In fact, I thought she showed a shallow side. If you listen to her and you listen to her voice, she's almost she's almost quaking with 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 annoyance and fear and anger at how dare the I'm the Home Secretary. I've got a badge. I'm the Home Secretary. You're not going to mess with me. I'm going to tell you what's happening to the police. And uh, and the truth of the matter is, we don't. I want to see more police on the streets. I don't want to see less police. I really don't want to see less police. I want to see more and more. Here is the story that I never thought I'd be reading. It's a uh, footballer. 
David uh, Lewis, I think his name is. He's a Brazilian international, a former Chelsea star. He said he's saving himself when he marries his girlfriend, Sarah Madeira. Devout Christian Lewis, who is currently with French side Paris Saint-Germain. Germain. But, uh, but there's no... See, the trouble is... It's very sweet that somebody wants to save themselves. This is an American thing. Have you heard about these people in America? You know, they, they have these virgin rings, which means that you put this sort of ring on, you share it with your boyfriend, but they don't ever have sex. And it means that you sort of save yourself till you're married. Supposing the, these two, Sarah and David, get married, and they suddenly realize they're not at all compatible in bed. I mean, without being too blunt, you've got a road test, haven't you? You've got to go for a little road test, first of all, to find out. I mean, I don't want to be rude, but he's about seven feet tall and she's about four feet tall. There will be problems. There may be trouble ahead. And uh, there's a picture of him at his baptism, which is great. I don't have a problem, but I don't understand why. Somebody would say, because we're, we're sort of Christian, we're not having sex till we're married. Where does it say that? I thought I'd read most of the Bible. I've, I've checked out most little bits. But uh, I don't remember anything about, you know, you mustn't have sex. Must be a lot of very frustrated people out there, mustn't there? I mean, it's, you're supposed to. But they've also said there are five famous virgins in the... How they know this, I've got no idea. Uh, one is the X Factor judge, Demi Lovato. Four is Coronation's Jean Alexander. Three X Factors, Jermaine Douglas. Two, Susan Boyle. And one, Anne Widdicombe. Well, how do they know that? I mean, isn't that a general assumption? Isn't that some sweeping statement? You know, if I was if I was somebody, I'd be a little bit mortified by that. You know, Susan Boyle. I mean, goodness, she might not be. She might not be. I mean, we don't know. Anne Widdicombe, as I say, when she was at college, apparently a bit of a goer there. She liked a few drinks and and everything else. Why? You know, why would we assume? That, you know, because she's a little fat, short, unattractive woman with bad teeth. Why would we Why would we assume that she hasn't, you know, had a bit of the old hours of father? You know, I don't think we should write people off. And Jermaine Douglas, I never I never even thought about it. But I don't think it's any, any indication of today, is it, when they say, oh, because I'm a Christian, I'm not going to have sex before marriage. I don't think people, people do that, actually. Although there's another former Brazil star who's a fellow member of this church, and he was a virgin until the age of 23. Uh, Lewis has often spoken of his faith and met Sarah when he played for Benfica. They've been photographed together and uh, everything else, so they don't, they don't have... Which is great. But uh, he says, uh, faith gives me the belief I can go out there and perform. Well, quite clearly not. Uh, and improve as a player. Oh, sorry, as a player. It gives me the strength and inspiration. That's sweet, isn't it, really? Just a footballer. OK, not like a big deal about it. Just kicks a football around. Um, 84850, uk. We're going to end up sort of starting something with this, this James O'Brien Botox malarkey. Quite interesting. Uh, yesterday, says Joanna, I thought it was Margaret Thatcher addressing the Police Federation. It was, it, I think it was, it was very interesting to listen to her. You can hear it all in her voice. All in her voice. And it says it all. Don't mess with me. So they've got a picture of her in a lot of the, uh, in the papers today. Uh, I, I, I would advise the police to mess with her. Go on, let's push it as far as we can. Makes it far more entertaining, doesn't it? Uh, we found... Um, I love Penman Investigates in the Mirror. I really do. I think anything that exposes crooks and uh, people who make promises and rip the elderly off, I think, deserve everything that they get. And so he's named and shamed. Uh, also, Dame Shirley Bassey has blasted today's divas for not wearing enough clothes. Now, Shirley Bassey has been known in her time to also not wear an awful lot of clothes. And um, 
so it's it's a little bit late, but we do love... I mean, she's Shirley Bassey. As far as I'm concerned, she can say whatever she wants. She's 78. 78. It, I mean, I've seen her close up. She's gorgeous. She really is lovely. Absolutely wonderful. Uh, we found um, a wheeler dealer. A Dell boy. What? We found one of those. Jailed after using an inheritance to buy fake designer clothes. This is Mark Mattia, who thought he was going to become the next Alan Sugar by selling fake Versace, Fred Perry's, Ralph Lauren and Lacoste gear. Uh, he was selling it on Gumtree and Facebook. His lawyer said he's a one-man Dell boy wheeler dealer rather than a professional operator. He's a, he's a father of five. I think we know what he is, don't we? He comes from Ipswich. He got six months after he admitted breaching trading standards. Of course, of course he had to go to, uh, to prison for six months because he's one of those sort of people who, you know, I mean, I understand why people buy fakes. They buy them because they can't afford the original. And some of them are quite difficult to spot. But no, I think definitely we have to put people like that in prison. So that's exactly where he's gone. Coming up to the news at five o'clock this morning. It's LBC. It's Thursday, the 21st of May. The train's cancelled ahead of the national strike. This is going to ruin your bank holiday. I'm determined nothing is going to take the gloss off my bank holiday because I'm here in the morning and uh, I shall get back. I'll probably have to drive in, but that doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. I'm not gonna, we're not going to be beaten by a strike. It's always us that gets hurt, isn't it? Uh, the interest in caravan holidays has soared. I suppose because it's cheap, isn't it? You can take your little house with you and it, uh, and it works. 26, no it's not, 261 VIPs probed on child abuse charges. Uh, Colleen Nolan, and I'll read you what she said. Still waiting for an apology. She probably didn't understand what she was saying in the first place. And uh, the shoes worn by Sir Roger Bannister could make £50,000. On FM, online, on your mobile and on digital radio. Leading Britain's conversation. This is LBC. This is LBC. Leading Britain's conversation with Steve Allen. Tweet at LBC. Text 84850. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. It's Thursday, the 21st of May. We'll give you the weather rundown in a moment. This is the bank holiday weekend that we're heading into. Some of you may be lucky. You might have a cold at the moment, in which case you're probably off work because you don't want to spread it around. So you get Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Monday, rail strike. Will it start before then? Probably. Can we avert it? Let's hope so. I don't have to sort of worry about things. Why should somebody want to ruin your bank holiday? I'd be very cross if somebody ruined my bank holiday. Uh, the plumber with a pilot's licence is among nine people arrested in this jewellery heist. Colleen Nolan, I can't wait to read what she said the other day. Theresa May accusing the police union chiefs of crying wolf. The train's cancelled. The pilot who killed the dog and the gay dads and their children. It's all happening on LBC this morning. And the travel boss from Thomas Cook, who's finally said sorry. It's only taken nine years. I wonder why it took nine years. And he did it the other day, and I thought, as I was listening to it, I'm thinking, yeah, it's very nice, but it's a little bit too late, isn't it? Linda Nolan gets a court date for her benefit fraud, and there's a, a story about dreary Katie Price and her husband. Apparently, she said that if, uh, if he cheats again, she's going to put him in one of her books. Like anybody's interested. Like anybody's interested. And Cliff Richards has sold his home, which was raided by the police. He said he doesn't want to go there anymore. Manuel and Lorraine think I should get royalties for the amount of publicity you do for Prosecco. Of course, I would get royalties if there was only one Prosecco. But there are literally hundreds of Proseccos. I wish I could tell you that I was getting royalties. Although, actually, more people 
who've listened to LBC over the years have now decided for weddings they're serving Prosecco. Why should you... You know, for £7 a bottle, and if you buy it wholesale, you can probably get it an awful lot cheaper than that. You know, you'd have to sort of go out there and shop it. Why would you want to... Nobody knows whether it's champagne. If you walk into a room and somebody's got some lovely tall champagne flutes and they've got a drink in there with bubbles in it, and you drink it, you're going to think it's champagne. I defy most people who go to weddings nowadays. They couldn't possibly tell. They really can't tell. Only experts could tell what it was. But the majority of people who go to wed, they don't care. Oh, we've got a glass of champagne for you. If somebody says, glass of champagne, sir, you're going to assume it's champagne, aren't you? Well, I'm assuming that's how it's going to go. Uh, 84850, steve at uk. Uh, another one here. On the um, uh, much of uh, uh, I2... I've seen the Mike Oldfield programme, says Bill. With regards to Anne Widdicombe, I think she actually stated her position in the Louis Through programme. The same series that he spent the weekend with Jimmy Savile. They're avail- That's a box set, isn't it? I think. In fact, it was, uh, it was a-, a Bentley, not a roller. And he says, like you, Richard Branson drove a Bentley, not a roller. In fact, it was given to him as a birthday present from his millionaire father. But uh, then he passed it on to Mike Oldfield. So Mike Oldfield ended up with it. Uh, Noreen said, I've never understood with the police why there's all the paperwork to complete by the officer. Couldn't the PCSOs help? I've heard that if the officers are near the end of their shift, they'll give a verbal warning. Same as when we had meetings at work. Sometimes took the minutes, wrote them up, gave them to the secretary. She typed them up. Why didn't the secretary take the minutes? Yes, more beat bobbies, says Noreen. See, I agree. I mean, wouldn't that make you feel an awful lot better? I feel a lot better if I'm out on the streets and there's police officers around. An awful lot better. I still can't quite understand, though. Here in Piccadilly Circus, in the heart of London, uh, we have a lot of illegal minicabs. In fact, we have a lot of illegal minicabs throughout the whole of London. Uh, sometimes the police turn a blind eye because it's getting people off the streets. Uh, they're supposed to be licensed, but they don't. You take your life getting in the car with them. You know, many of them are convicted criminals. Many of them are rapists, potential rapists, drug dealers. All sorts of uh, nasty people are out there driving minicabs illegally. Sometimes they're even driving, driving legal minicabs because it's not a an option to actually discuss what criminality you've been involved with in the past. But uh, every time we have the police officers up at Piccadilly Circus, I can always tell because the road is easy to drive down. Very easy. You can just drive down it. Uh, normally, there's cars either side of the road, minicabs, a minicab, minicab. They hang around outside the Kentucky Fried Chicken. Minicab? Need a minicab? And then they walk round the corner to their car. But uh, outside one London club, Mahiki which is very famous in London. It's, you know, the well-heeled go there. You see a few people tottering around in the early hours. It's full of illegal minicabs. Blokes standing on the plate. Minicab? Need a minicab? Minicab. You want a minicab? Minicab. Minicab over here, sir. Minicab. Minicab for you. All the time. And yet the police, I saw the police car drive down tonight. There's all the people still doing... Minicab? You want a minicab? Minicab? Minicab around here. And they, and they operate. And, of course, the, the club couldn't care less, I should imagine. It just gets people off the street, doesn't it? Gets them away from the... Um, from sort of the front of the building. But it, it goes on. We must be the only capital city, I think. Well, we are the only capital city, but we must be the only big city in the whole of this country that still has illegal minicabs. Most of the other places, people manage to sort of sort it all out. Weather for today. I knew you'd want to know. Is it going to be T-shirt weather, or is it is, in the case of me, thicker shirt? Because it was a bit chilly this morning. In fact, it was quite a bit chilly this morning. Uh, today, drier and warmer. Bright or sunny spells? Yeah, that's good. Uh, often some cloud, but still today it will remain dry with long, bright or sunny spells. It'll feel noticeably warmer than previous days, helped by the light winds. Sunrise is 0458, so you've had that. 
It's funny, actually, isn't it? You look out of the windows now, and by the time we finish, it's actually quite, it's actually quite, quite bright. Uh, the high today, you're going to like this one. 19 degrees. Double it and add 30, 38, 68, just under the 70. That's not bad, is it? Friday, predominantly dry, often large amounts of cloud, but also bright or sunny spells. And who am I talking to tomorrow? Jim Dale for In Conversation. Very, very much looking forward to that. Very much looking forward. He's uh, back in the Vaudeville Theatre. He's in with his uh, hugely successful American show. Uh, and, of course, this will be, if memory serves me correctly, almost 50 years to the day that he played the Vaudeville Theatre. He's been there before, so we'll have a chat about that. Uh, Prosecco goes well with strawberries, says Jan. Goes well, I tell you what it does go well with, goes well with peach liqueur. Because I bought, as you know, some peach liqueur. And uh, very, very nice. Very, very nice. Uh, Jan? Has had a read-up of the men charged in connection with the Hatton Garden raid. Yes, they've all been uh, named now. It's funny, how do they all know each other? One name looks fairly familiar to Jan, uh, that of Brian Reader, who she thinks might have been involved in something in the past. I have to be honest, they're all fairly ancient. I mean, they, I mean, they are average age 70, isn't it? I mean, it must be, you know, it's almost, it's almost like, like um, a dreadful film from years and years ago. You know, they've all been sort of averagely successful in their careers as sort of petty criminals. This is in my fantasy film, not anything to do with the, um, with the people who've been charged. And then they go, and we're going to get together for one last time. OK, we're going to do the biggest robbery that you've ever seen. It's going to make the Great Trait robbery look like a teddy bear's picnic. And that's what you imagined it being like. I can see a film being made of something very similar to that. Uh, Mark says, does Linda Nolan still receive recording royalties? I don't, well, they would if they sold any records. They would do. I mean, I, I'm assuming that's how it works. I don't know, actually. Never crossed my mind. Never crossed my mind. Nick in Surrey thinks that uh, caravans are not cheap. He said, for a week away, I paid £1,000. Did you? God, you can buy a caravan for £1,000. Easily. Uh, Noreen, the PCSOs can't help the police with paperwork. They're too busy giving out parking tickets to delivery drivers who are trying to do their jobs, says Kevin the Milkman. One of the blokes here works one of our other stations. He had a run-in with a little traffic warden in Leicester Square. The bloke starts trying to take a picture of the car dropping this, this friend of mine off here. And then starts getting all leery with him. As if, say, you can't come in Leicester Square and drop people off. And this friend of mine said, he said, I said to him, yes, we can. Oh, yes, we can. In fact, I drove myself in, uh, in the car two days ago. And there were all the police around the front door of this building because they were watching something else. It had nothing to do with here. And all the police were there and they just sort of parted. I get out of the car. Nobody said a word. These traffic wardens, honestly, jumped up little squirts, ladies and gentlemen. Jumped up little squirts. What's the difference between Prosecco and Carver? got no idea i've got no idea i really don't know i had a bottle of carver before good that's something i don't know how embarrassing mind you luckily i'm well read so i, I do all the i do all the serious reading so i don't know i had a bottle of carver and i did try it the other day i don't think i liked it it was all right nothing special i do like prosecco much much better much much better um uh, patsy says why not disband our democracy and let the unions rule instead how dare she interfere well, I mean, to be honest with you, it's ridiculous. But she was, she was, she was literally standing up, you know, drawing herself up to her full height, three foot three, and saying, I'm in charge, you'll do what I'm telling you. I'm the Home Secretary, don't mess with me. And I think the, uh, the police officers were sitting there going, make yourself look silly. Because she, she didn't come over very well. She really didn't come over very well at all. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Um... Another one here says, uh, 
<laughs> Malcolm says the, <laughs> the only place that me and my ex were compatible was in bed. We both had headaches at the same time. <laughs> that used to be... Isn't it funny you don't hear people doing jokes about that now? So, so dear, how about um, headache? Sorry? Headache. All right, OK. Uh, tomorrow? Oh, I don't know. See if the headache's gone. Climbing to bed the next night. Uh, so dear. Uh, all right. For... Still a headache. Still a headache. Don't touch. Don't touch me. Leave me. <laughs> That's how it goes wrong, isn't it? And uh, Steve, my husband's a senior member of the Police Federation. They were disgusted by the remarks from Theresa May and the way she spoke to them. They bet the cut, she says, uh, won't affect her security. No, of course not. She does have security, doesn't she? And uh, Colette says, I think Anne Whittacombe has previously said that she was... Um, Virgo intacta. She's a Roman Catholic. It was considered correct to wait until your wedding night. Wow. I don't know. You see, I mean, I don't think it's such a big deal. They, they kind of make out nowadays. It's such a big deal, don't they? I personally try not to think about it at all. I find it far too depressing on a Thursday or a Monday or a Tuesday or a Wednesday, actually. In fact, just about any day. I will find what Colleen said. and We will have more stories from the papers, including the fact that Cliff Richard is so fed up with the way that he's been treated, that he sold his home for about, I think, four and a half million pounds. He really doesn't, um, he doesn't want to go back there ever again. So friends have been in and cleared it for him. And I think it has been sold. And how to get free Calpol on the NHS. It's a little known trick, but it's gone viral. I'll tell you in a moment. Quarter past. Nick Ferrari at breakfast on LBC. Hundreds of thousands of people endure a painful, undignified or lonely death due to appalling end-of-life care of Dr Peter Carter, who's chief executive of the Royal College of Nursing. This is a truly shocking report. This is a real wake-up call. It is possible, Nick, to have a good death. Distinct lack there of Bobby's on the beat. Let's put that to Stephen Greenhouse, who's deputy mayor for policing and crime. Deputy mayor, no one's uh, seen a copper on the beat. Since 2012, we actually need to get the Bobby's at the times and of the day and in the places where they're going to prevent crime from happening. Stand by, here comes on your own time the Hilti DD350. <laughs> what radio was invented for? I don't think you can hear me. Uh, Mr. Grace. Is that good enough for you? Jay Grace, Diamond Driller. Nick Ferrari at breakfast. Every weekday morning from 7 on LBC. With Hampton by Hilton. With over 2,000 hotels worldwide. Morning, everybody. Nice to have you company. It's uh, 20 minutes past five. Thursday, the 21st of May. So most of you, if you're paid monthly, will be paid tomorrow. Why? Because you'd normally be paid on Monday. But Monday is the bank holiday. So you should be paid tomorrow, which means, well, I'm sure they do it so that you can go and have a nice time over the bank holiday weekend. Nick Ferrari at breakfast. Nick will be asking. Oh, by the way, did I mention that uh, that she's back again? The woman who invokes so much passion in so many of you. Yes, Katie Hopkins is back with LBC on Monday. Thought that'd cheer your day up. Nick will be asking, on breakfast this morning, what do you want your police to do? Be there. We hear from an American policing expert to see if we can learn anything from the theory that was applied in NYC. And is the freedom to protest always absolutely right? Right-wing protesters are planning an anti-Jewish demonstration on a Jewish holiday in Golders Green. How on earth has that been allowed to go ahead? That's Nick Ferrari with you from 7 this morning after the morning news with Lisa Aziz. The guest today looking at the papers, the executive editor of The Times, Roger Alton, will be here in the studio. Uh, this... This um, demonstration, I better tell you about it now because it's yet something else that's going to be making the papers. And uh, Scotland Yard have said, I think on this one, that they can't prevent it. It's a, a neo-Nazi 
protest in the heart of one of London's biggest Jewish areas as community leaders and the local Conservative MP have called on the Home Office to ban the rally. A group of anti-Jewish demonstrators, this is in The Guardian, incidentally, from yesterday, have signalled their intention to hold a rally on the 4th of July in Golders Green, an area of North London where Jewish residents make up 20% of the population. The timing is particularly provocative as it takes place on a Saturday, Jewish Day of Rest, when most observant Jews will be walking to synagogue. How can you have an anti-Jewish demonstration? I mean, where in God's name are we to have an anti-Jewish? What next? You know, people marching through Brixton having an anti-black day. I've never heard of anything so ludicrous. And Scotland Yard cannot prevent it. What on earth have we come to when somebody can go through an area which is known as having, uh, you know, a number of Jewish people and families who live and work there? It's, you know, it's like a number of places... It's ridiculous. Anti-Jewish demonstrators. I say, you wouldn't be allowed to do that in, in Brixton or walk through Chinatown, an anti-China demonstration, Chinese people demonstration. I've never heard anything so stupid. Why on earth can they not do it? And, and why have the Home Office not, not banned this rally? What would be the person? Anti-Jewish? I've never heard such a thing. Seriously, it's ridiculous. There's a piece in the paper today which is, which is equally as disturbing in, it, in its own way. And it's of the, uh, the actor... And this is the man who you're seeing currently on the television, Jonathan uh, Rhys-Meyers, most famous as Henry VIII in the TV series The Tudors. He's gone off the rails. When I say he's gone off the rails, he was pictured the other day uh, coming out of a, of a booze place, flies undone, uh, anorak inside out, uh, drinking from vodka, a vodka bottle. And uh, people say that uh, he's on a self-destruct. You do see this, don't you? I do, mind you, of course, I told you earlier on this morning that I bought three bottles of Grey Goose vodka. Most people who, who drink vodka because they're alcoholics or they have a problem with drink tend not to drink something like that. That, so that that's something that you would sort of sip and you'd kind of make last because it's very expensive. He'd be buying cheaper stuff. And so there's pictures of him, you know, looking all dishevelled, drinking in the streets. And people say, why has he gone off the rails? He's got everything to go for. Absolutely everything. You know, his, his his mother died, apparently, an alcoholic. He's desperate to succeed, but he's got huge insecurities. Why do, Can't they teach people to sort of talk themselves out of that? Why do people drink so much? And it, it, we've had a story the other day, didn't we, of um, middle-class ladies who were drinking a little bit more than was good for them. And here you see somebody who can be terribly, terribly successful. I don't, you know, I don't like saying things like that. I'd like him to sort of, to just stop. But of course, it's not that easy. You can't just stop, can you? like stopping eating, you know, people just balloon up to 65 stone and you can't do anything about them. I mean, thankfully, there's not too many of them. But when it's somebody who's very successful, you do worry for him. You worry for him because you think, no, you should have friends around you who can look after you and say, listen, don't uh, let's go and drink tea. Let's go and have some soup. Whilst you're drinking soup, you can't drink alcohol. Apparently, here we go. Prosecco is Italian and Carver is Spanish, says Annie. And uh, somebody else said, the difference between Carver and Prosecco, Prosecco isn't a character on the bill. Thank you. Uh, Carver is Spanish, Steve, Prosecco Italian. That's my trivia for the day, says uh, Angela. And uh, and Beck says, exactly the same. Thank you so much indeed. See, now I know. But uh, is, is there a way that, are, are they made differently? Are they made differently? I don't know. Uh, another one here, uh, which is... Uh, <laughs> Still talking about the James O'Brien and the Botox. I don't know where this one's come from. I really don't. I really don't. And Alana says, uh, your show is refreshingly truthful. Well, I mean, we're only reporting something that's in the uh, in the newspapers. Nothing that we do on the programme is not in the papers in some way over the past few years. Uh, Scrabble is not what it was. 
because now they've got all sorts of uh, slangs in there. Um, dench, obs, anybody who cries blesh can just shut their cake hole, which is 17 points. I've never played Scrabble in my life. Doesn't interest me. Really doesn't. And I know that people use it and they say it keeps your brain active. I tend to find reading the newspapers and talking every day uh, makes makes you feel fairly active. Remember that poor lady Olive Cook who um, who fell to her death the other week? Apparently she left family notes. Uh, it's been claimed that she um, lost faith in people. Uh, her mental health had been made worse by these calls and letters from charities asking for money. And um, it's it's a shame, really. She had a history of depression. So the coroner's office, Linda Cove, didn't mention the charity calls and letters, but said she had a history of depression. But, that, you know, that could have been brought on and exacerbated. It's a shame that the coroner never mentioned it. But anyway, um, her father fought at Gallipoli. She started selling poppies in 1938. But, um, you know, if you had a history of depression, then uh, she probably thought she was in a, in a better place. Better place. Uh, having told you that... Um, that the police officers are going to be cut from the beach. You'll be seeing less of them. They don't have enough time. Chances are, at the end of a shift, they're not going to bother with you anyway. Uh, the other day, uh, here, is, um, here is the police scrambling dozens of officers, 20 vehicles, a helicopter and six marksmen to gun down one bewildered cow ambling along the road. Udder lunacy, ladies and gentlemen. Little play on words there. Have you picked up on that one? Thank you. Jokes will be used on this programme frequently. So, I mean, I mean, they, they could have actually just had one marksman out there and tranquilised it. They didn't have to shoot it. It was Bessie the cow. You know, a helicopter, 20 squad vehicles, uh, one marksman. You know, cows don't spend all their time running around. They stand there looking a bit bewildered, thinking, where do we go now? What happens? It had escaped from a country park. You could have just, you know, just, you know, put a dart in, which would have sent her to sleep, and then taken her back. And put her... No, they shot her down. So tomorrow night, there's going to be a candlelit vigil. They reckon 7,000 people, well, 7,000 people like the event on Facebook. People say that the police should have tranquilised the animal, claiming it was peacefully chewing the cud when it was gunned down. Uh, the, the police... Uh, called in all these resources because they said she posed a significant risk to the public. She's in a country park. We know she's big and something like that, but, I mean, you didn't have to shoot her. You could have tranquilised her. would have made it uh, just easy. They reckon that this could have cost the force about £7,500. Armed officers attended for this. I mean, six armed officers, ladies and gentlemen. Six armed officers. You don't need that, do you? You don't need six armed officers. It's only one cow. That's just absolutely ridiculous. Lunacy. Absolute sheer lunacy. So a lot of people are going, no, we don't, we don't want that kind of thing. You know, but this, this, this cow should have lived. And they're quite right. It absolutely should have lived. Uh, we're still debating, Theresa, on what to do with the woman and the writing on the wall. This is the woman who graffiti eyes where I live. Well, a few other people as well. And, um, and, I, and I think that, uh, that uh, we're, we're coming to a decision. Dozens of MPs, they're in the papers again today, attended major sports and entertainment events as guests to one of the world's biggest tobacco firms at a time when it was fighting attempts to impose plain packaging on cigarette brands. There were 30 Tory and 8 Labour MPs taken to Wimbledon men's final, Glyndebourne, Test Cricket at the Oval, Chelsea Flower Show and rock concerts. Unbelievable! In total, they've accepted hospitality worth about £60,000. Isn't that disgraceful? Isn't that disgraceful? I want to go to Wimbledon. 
I wanted to go to the Chelsea Flower Show. Actually, I wanted one of those cards that they do for that uh, for that chicken place. Nando's. People keep telling me about this. It's a, I said they do chicken and vegetarian and stuff like that. So I keep hearing about people who've got cards for these places. I wasn't even aware such a thing existed. I don't even have a loyalty card for McDonald's, which is very, uh, very difficult. Uh, Steve, 84850, Mark, also still at Brentwood Theatre. He said, last night, wait for this, there should be a fanfare and a, and a trumpet and, you know, people shouting, everything. I was very proud to have been nominated and elected as the Mayor of Brentwood. I'm looking forward to an exciting year ahead. Good, perhaps you can close down all those ghastly shops put up by those TOWIE folk. Oh, please, that'd be a good thing. I wouldn't mind, actually, Mark, but none of the people on TOWIE actually live in Brentwood, do they? They all live in the surrounding areas. Whereas I used to live in Brentwood. Mayor of Brentwood, look at that, and I know you. About the only mayor I know, I don't know anybody else. Well, I know loads of other people. I know people associated with Westminster Council, which is good. And uh, Mark says, can you still buy Ember Cream Sherry? I think so. I don't know. I haven't, uh, I haven't uh, drunk Sherry for quite some time. Quite some time. Um, here's the... Um, oh, dear. Uh, this is uh, quite a number of things. Doctor's orders. When you go buy clothes... You should always wash them before you wear them. Did you know that? It's like towels. Before you use a towel in the bathroom, you should wash it in the washing machine and then let it dry and then use it because it absorbs better. I've never even thought about it. Never even thought about washing towels before you use the blooming things. Anyway, time check for you this morning, Thursday the 21st of May. It's five. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. 28 minutes to six is the time. Uh, some horrible pictures in the paper today of... Um, uh, this is a schoolgirl. You'd think she's indulging in a little bit of horseplay on her way home from school. It's a two-minute video, been viewed more than 2.7 million times on Facebook since it was uploaded. And it's a 14-year-old girl. In a school uniform, her hair in plaits, grabbing the sweatshirt of a teenage boy, several inches taller, and threatening him. She drags him around uh, by his clothing while attempting to hit him, and at one time appears to land a punch on the side of his head... Uh, causing an onlooker to remark, oh, that's a connection. She repeatedly asks the boy, are you going to go get your cousin? Adding, your cousin can't do dirt on me. You understand? Do you think you are bad ute? Apparently this is some sort of expression. Apparently it's a Jamaican expression, a slang term for youth. Attempting to punch him in the face, she says, I don't want to have to bang you, you're lucky. She then uses a racial slur and asks the boy, are you trying to me off before adding I'm going to smack this ute and then starts to mock him. Anyway, luckily the uh, the police went round and arrested her. She's 14 years old and she's appearing in court. Can't be named for legal reasons. A lot of people have said on Facebook I'd be uh, ashamed if she was my child. The trouble is there are lots of these people out there, aren't they, that sort of, that bully people around and think that they're sort of running some little, some little sort of cartel, I suppose, on the estate where they where they live, thinking that they sort of own the roads or something. She's a, obviously a troubled child, and perhaps we should sort of help her on her way to juvenile offender. Oh, I knew there was something I was going to mention. Do you remember, some time ago, there was a... I discovered a picture of a house. I think it's called Wentworth something. And uh, it's the most beautiful mansion that you've ever seen. It's got the biggest frontage of any mansion in the country. It is absolutely stunningly beautiful. It was bought some years ago. It's, it's quite old, quite old. Bought some years ago by a couple who put a lot of money into it. Uh, what they're fighting is the house falling down. It is quite without a shadow of a doubt. I mean, the National Trust should be buying this place. 
Seriously, why, out of all the things that the National Trust should do, this they should be buying. This they should be buying. It comes with about 80 acres. It needs a lot of work doing it. There was a ghastly uh, man some years ago called Manny Shinwell. Manny Shinwell obviously hated the family who owned this house. And he said, I'm going to mine right underneath your property. And that's what he did. And the coal slag heaps went practically up to their back door. And uh, as a result of all the mining underneath, bits of the house have started dipping in a little bit. Now, why this is not a classic case for the National Trust, I don't know. That's what they do. I thought they went into houses and they saved them for the nation. This one could be turned into the biggest tourist attraction. I think it's got wedding licensing and everything else. It's beautiful. Anyway, the couple, I thought, a short while ago, were, were getting to the stage where they, they're a bit old and they can't continue the work. So they were going to try and form a consortium. And then they were going to carry on living there because there are certain parts which are habitable and a lot which isn't. And uh, and they could then, you know, oversee the restoration of this fantastic property. If you go and buy Country Life this week, which came out, I think, yesterday, and then, or failing that, you don't even have to buy it. Just have a look at the picture. I think it's page two. They've put it up for sale. It's on sale through Savills, and they're looking for eight million. This this is the most. If I had if I had twenty million in the bank, I would buy. It. I think it would probably eat all my money up. So that's why it needs a group like the National Trust to take it on and look after it. Why they've not? Inve- it's a cheap property for them. Eight million pounds is cheap for the National Trust. My God, they saved a mountain. Surely they can save this beautiful house called Wentworth. It's it's the most beautiful thing that you've ever seen. If you like property and you care about things like that, I think people should write to the National Trust and say, listen, you should definitely do something. Eight million pounds. And then you can go in there. You can shore it up. You can you can make sure this is safe for the nation. It's one of those houses that should be eight million pounds is cheap, cheap for the National Trust. I was horrified to see it up for sale. I feel like it's it's part of me been taken away. I even bought a DVD on the house. It was beautiful. It's featured on the on the television on numerous occasions. Have a look at it. Wentworth, and it's on with Savills. I think it's in Northumberland. Might be. I can't remember. Whatever it is, it's absolutely beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. So I was quite quite mortified that they're going to put it up for sale. Uh, who's in the paper today? Alan Titchmarsh. We love Alan Titchmarsh. He is one of the most natural presenters. He's equally at home talking to royalty as he is talking to ordinary people. Now, the Queen turns 90 next April. But Alan Titchmarsh has wasted no time in putting himself forward as presenter of the TV coverage of the celebrations. I'd love to do it. He said he was at the Castle of May patrons garden party, which was attended by the Queen. It would be a great honour because ITV have landed the job after the BBC's dreadful coverage of the 2012 Diamond Jubilee. It was awful. It was mainly the presenters. Ghastly. Titchmarsh is very well placed. He's done several royal programmes. And when he went to the palace to collect his MBE, the Queen told him, you've made a lot of ladies very happy. Because he's just a natural performer. Just a natural presenter. There's no airs and no graces. He's, he's just he's just very very genuine sort of person. So I think he would be right. I think he would be the right... Please not Philip Schofield. Please God, not Philip Schofield. Anybody but Philip Schofield and Holly Willoughby. Please, we don't want anybody like that. Who was turning out? I think it's the last celebrity juice. Not ever, I'm afraid. Uh, but uh, there's another one coming up. And there's somebody from the... T- is it Charlotte Hawkins is going on? it? What on earth is she doing on a programme like that? That's a low-rent programme. That's for people who've passed their sell-by. Nobody goes on celebrity juice if you've got a career. And if you're down on your, on your uppers. Nick Embarking reckons that there's a winemaker up in Scotland who sell a sparkling strawberry wine. 
That sounds quite delicious, doesn't it? A sparkling strawberry wine. What a brilliant idea. I like that one here. Uh, 84850. And Eamon says, I don't think the police are handling Theresa May very well at all. Why don't they just say to the Home Secretary, give us what we want or we'll tell everybody in Britain exactly who orders us ordered us to ignore the Westminster paedophiles such as Cyril Smith. Yes, of course, what's even more interesting is that other names have emerged in the frames. And I begin to wonder, I begin to wonder, the cynical side of me begins to wonder that with some of the uh, the names there, it's a case of, listen, if I go down, I'm taking everybody else down with me. That's what I think it's got to. Because this is quite clearly the cover-up of the biggest order, isn't it? The amount of MPs, senior MPs, not minor MPs, senior MPs involved in these child sex rings. Dolphin Square, you know, keeps being mentioned. Certain names keep coming up time and time and time again. And you begin to wonder just how big this problem is. Is it really as big as that? Is it really as big as that? Might be. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. David says, uh, your comment about the old lags who allegedly did the Hatton Garden job being made into a film, such a scenario already has. It's called The League of Gentlemen, scripted by uh, Brian Falk. Yes, I remember seeing it with Jack Hawkins. In fact, I talked about it the other day and it was they went in with gas masks, didn't they? To the bank. It was going to be the perfect robbery and they thought it was the perfect robbery. Uh, Scripted by Brian Forbes. He says it's been shown on television more than I can remember. Made in uh, 1960. You'd have thought it was earlier, wouldn't you? But it was only the 1960s. And uh, Sonia says, you must realise, Steve, on the shot cow, the police didn't know if the cow was armed. They couldn't take any chances. (laughs) The cynical side coming out. Yes, again. Yet again. And, um, I mean, to be honest with you, I I don't know why they just didn't dart it. It would have made it better. Wentworth Woodhouse. Is the house. biggest private house in England? Uh, the couple who bought it for a uh, hundred thousand quid twenty years ago too big for the National Trust, says Mark. No, no, it's, they should absolutely take it on. They should put in estate managers. They should do everything. This is a, you can't afford to let it go to pieces. Whoever buys this house for eight million gets the bargain of the century. But I looked at it's got the biggest frontage. <laughs> Just when you thought that was Gemma Collins, turns out not to be. It's uh, Wentworth. Woodhouse. Go and go online and look at it. You'll be it's it's just beautiful. It is just beautiful. And if it you know, and if somebody bought it and pulled it down and put up a housing estate there, I think I would possibly be physically ill. I'm hoping that they're not allowed to do it. I'm hoping it's grade one listed and they can't touch it. They can only they can only put it back together again. But it's beautiful. But I don't know what you do with it. It's huge. Turn it into a giant hotel. The National Trust should really, that's what they've got millions and millions and millions and hundreds of millions of pounds in the bank for. It's for doing things like that. Jan Sullivan says, I'm very pleased to hear that Mark from the Brentwood Theatre has been elected as mayor this year. A lovely, hard-working person. It is well-deserved. And love to all the lovelies. So there you go. Say, Mark, friends in high places, indeed. Uh, Steve, you are right, says Malcolm, as usual about new towels and washing them prior to use, but the washing instructions on them advise you not to use fabric conditioner as it reduces the absorbent quality. Oh, right. Oh, I don't use fabric uh, conditioner. Do you use fabric conditioner? I don't, I don't uh, do things like that. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. And a uh, picture here of... God, that's been taken some years ago. Cilla Black and Cliff Richards... His uh, nearly £5 million home rate, which was raided by the police, which the BBC put up on television, which was absolutely disgraceful, as indeed they know. But, of course, they're a law unto themselves. Um, He's put it up for sale. It's uh, over in uh, Berkshire. It's an Art Deco apartment. The uh, service charges must be astronomical there. 
but it is uh, it's a nice sort of place. So it's been gone on the market. Uh, Cilla Black has said that, and she says, I'm worried for his uh, welfare. He doesn't want to go back there because it's hanging over him. Uh, Cilla was at the Shooting Stars party in Covent Garden's film museum, which is a great place. When the police raided, it was an invasion of his privacy. I can't even advise him because, oh dear, though I've been through a lot, this is outside my experience. He'll never, ever go back there again. I don't blame him. Yes, I mean, I'd, absolutely. I, I agree totally. And I still can't find this uh, this story. I'm going to find it if it's the last thing I do. This is the uh, the Colleen Nolan. And again, classic, classic case of uh, poor ex-singer. Uh, who opened her mouth and really didn't know what she was talking about. A uh, few miles to do today, says Mark, who's is doing the knowledge, as you know. So he'll end up probably having a, a breakdown or something. Most people do when they're doing the knowledge, don't they? They end up having a breakdown. And go, I really can't do this anymore. I can't do it. It's not good. And another one here. Uh, Wentworth Water, just outside Rotherham, apparently. Just outside Rotherham. Uh, and uh, Aurea says, I won two tickets to Wimbledon in the December ballot. Do you, I bet you'll be selling them. Bet you'll be selling them. <laughs> That'd be good, isn't it? Uh, in the not-too-distant past, says uh, says Kevin the Milkman, um, there used to be cows on Wanstead Flats. When I did rounds over Woodford, I used to find cows grazing in my customers' front gardens. Good job I didn't call the police then. I'd have needed an armed response crew on permanent standby. I don't remember that. I used to go cycling over over Wanstead Flats. I used to love that as a kid, cycling over there and you go down, up there. It's amazing. I, mean, I couldn't do it now. Although a friend of mine, John, has just bought a bicycle. He went to this place in Hackney and he bought a bike for about £184 where you tell them what you want. You can design your own bicycle and they put it together. So there's a frame and then he decides the saddle and, uh, and the wheels and everything else and, and the pedals. And uh, he seems quite pleased with it. Gemma lives in Brentwood near the station. Best place for her. She's never going to manage to walk anywhere, is she? And uh, I have to switch you off in 20 minutes, Steve, says Steve and Joe. Um, as the satellite dish needs to fold down. We're leaving the city of Bordeaux. They're travelling 30-odd miles upstream to rejoin the French canals aboard our Dutch barge. How lovely. So quite nice and romantic, doesn't it? This time of the morning, at 16 minutes to 6, people are travelling up there. I'm assuming the uh, the same... Uh, John Watson thinks uh, I'm the inspiration behind Steve Coogan, and um, which, which, I mean, to be honest with you, I don't know. I, th- I think he'd done Smashy and Nicey a long time before I came along. Long time before I came along. Although I'm more than happy to take the glory, but I think it's it's not good. Uh, eight for eight five zero. Oh, Steve at lbc.co.uk. Uh, front page of the Mirror today. Three day travel chaos looming. Uh, talks. If they fail to stop the rail strike today, then uh, we might as well throw our hands in the air because the unions don't care about you. They're not remotely interested. They're only interested in their own greed. And the, and the greed is that they'll, they'll bring the country to a standstill. It's their little moment of glory. And that's about as bad as it gets, I'm afraid. I mean, it could hit the monthly football playoffs, travel mayhem. People might never get home to see family or loved ones. People won't be able to get to funerals. They're literally trying to destroy the country. And I don't think they're intelligent enough to realise it. They're not exactly on a bad deal. Really not on a bad deal at all. So uh, perhaps they should rethink again. That would be quite nice, wouldn't it, if they actually did that and actually thought, you know, I'm sick to death of people saying, well, we're definitely going to do this. We're definitely going to do that. And you think, why? Why would you want to Why would you want to ruin the country? Why would you want to really depress people? Because that's what it comes down to. It's ruining somebody's day. People won't be able to get out. You know, there are kids probably looking forward to uh, 
to going to, to see, you know, Grandad and, and Nana or something like that. And they're never going to get to do it, are they? Quarter to six. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, every 11 minutes to six. It's Thursday, the 21st of May, and it's going to be a nice day. So if you're on holiday now, now is a, is a good time to start planning what you're going to be doing. Uh, I used to love, says Kevin, cycling around the hollow ponds. Remember riding up and down the sugar bowl, seeing how high you could get the bike? I do. As for the unions, he says, I think carry on at your convenience was the best way of showing them up. I'd love that film. It'll probably be on television over this thing. Anyway, Colleen Nolan sparked outrage yesterday when she failed to apologise, because I don't think she knows how to apologise. She just sits there looking a little bit fat and bloated and sort of pushing her family on and flirting with men and just becoming a little bit of a waste of space. Anyway, she failed to apologise for making a comparison between gay rights and Islamic State. I know, I couldn't quite believe it either. The Loose Women panellist's comments on Tuesday caused a Twitter storm with viewers calling for her to be axed from the daytime show. Colleen was discussing the Christian-owned Asher's Baking Company found guilty of discrimination after refusing to make a cake carrying a pro-gay marriage slogan. She said, at the end of the day, if you went in there and two days later they said, we don't want to make your cake because of our beliefs, you just never go back to that shop And you'd probably say to all your gay friends, don't go there, they're anti-gay, and boycott it. What if somebody walked in and said, I want a cake, and I want the whole Islamic State on it, and how I support it, and how I support them killing our people? Because it's a business, do they have to make it? And if they turn around and say they're not making it, we'd all applaud it. Yesterday, fellow panellist Kay Adams revisited the subject to correct comments that were made about the legality of gay marriage in Northern Ireland. Despite the opportunity to make amends, Colleen has failed to say sorry for the upset. Oh, I think she's a little bit above apologising. You know, this is the woman who, she's got more than enough things to worry about in her own life without apologising to people. So we'll wait and see. We'll wait and see. You know, you never know. She might actually see sense. She might actually sort of, you know, engage the brain and uh, and do something marvellous on the programme as opposed to just looking for, for cheap laughs. Uh, Francesco says, have you seen the picture of uh, Theresa May on page four of the Metro? How many bags is she carrying? Not a pretty sight. Actually, she looked quite angry yesterday. She was she was looking a little bit dishevelled, and and the more the more she sort of sat there, the the angrier she became about the police. It, it was a case of she was being the school mom. She was standing up. She was cracking the whip. And I think what what you do is uh, is you is you do what I'm telling you. And if you don't, I shall make sure you all suffer. That was the way it sort of came over to me. Came over very badly. I don't think she did herself any favour. She couldn't. She couldn't discuss anything in a in a calm and logical manner. Front page of the uh, the Express, Prince Charles, uh, at the scene of Lord Mountbatten's murder. You know that they were incredibly close. Uh, healing is possible when the heartache continues. They're there. It was uh, it was four of them, wasn't it, who lost their lives? Three, three of them, I think. But uh, all a bit sad. And um, the Duke of Cambridge has come out and said something. Um, and he uh, he was at the England's World Cup squad yesterday. So he is doing something. It's not all Prince Harry, much as though you might think they, they keep pushing him. But apparently uh, George is very lively and Princess Charlotte has been keeping up on, up all night, giving him a few sleepless nights. And so they ended up with a little little T-shirt for her, which looks like it's miles too big. It's just got Charlotte and the number one on it, which I think is quite sweet, actually. Quite sweet. Um, hope for new drug to ease the agony of... 
sufferers of arthritis. It is the biggest problem, isn't it? The amount of people who suffer from arthritis. And you can imagine which paper the story appears in, can you not? Yes, it's the Express. The Express are telling you all about it. And uh, if, it, if it comes off, I hope it's in our lifetime, it starts off on the front page. And it's a new, an entirely new, new class of drugs. This is not anything that you've heard of before. And they reckon this could treat crippling rheumatoid arthritis, bringing hope to millions of people. Now, whether or not it gets sanctioned in this country, I don't know. I mean, there are anti-rheumatic drugs uh, which are used to slow joint damage down. However, they can have unpleasant side effects. Isn't it funny? All the things they always say to you, I've had drugs in the past, and they've said to me, you know, if you have any side effects, come back and let us know. And so far, I've never actually noticed any any side effects from any of the drugs that I've taken, but I'm prepared to accept that some people do react very, very badly. There's a, a little, little group of ships here, and uh, they will return to France today, marking 75 years since they led the rescue of British troops at Dunkirk. Dozens of the mostly wooden vessels were due to set sail at dawn to commemorate the rescue of 338,000 troops. Without them, God knows we'd be looking at a lot more dead. These people were trapped on the beaches following the German invasion of France. The flotilla of 55 boats gathered at Ramsgate yesterday, ahead of the nine-hour crossing. And uh, they've been brought back up to... uh, Back up to speed again. Their owners have lavished lots of love and care and attention. And uh, when you look at them, and you, you just feel immensely proud that that's what they did. They helped get the uh, the people away. And it was a hell of a long journey across, wasn't it? Hell of a long journey across. But they managed to do it. And uh, off they go today uh, because they're going to revisit. Oh, we found the world's oldest piggy bank. Remember having a piggy Did anybody ever have a piggy bank? To be honest with you, I did have one, but I spent most of the time putting the money in and taking it back out again. There was no. I think the idea was that you saved up and then you used it for a rainy day, but now people have got notes. You know, £5 notes, £10 notes, £20 notes, if you're very lucky. And so that's what people do. Hardly anybody, unless it's children listening. I think one of the building societies did a thing a while ago, a couple of years ago. And so um, that was to encourage children to save. So if you went in and opened an account, then they gave you a, a piggy bank, and I think there was a whole family to collect. And you went in there, and then you saved in, and then every month you would take your piggy bank in, and they would open it up, and they would put the money into your account. And that was quite a good thing to encourage you to save, because most people aren't encouraged to save. I've, I mean, I'm lucky with my, with my godchildren. They're, they're brilliant at saving. I mean, seriously brilliant at saving. They're certainly much better. You know, some of them have to kind of persuade them to spend some money. Danielle, who's the youngest, I obviously like spending money because being a girl, there's loads of things to buy. But I don't think Nathan's particularly bothered by stuff. You know, you could sort of leave... Um, apart from phones and technology and cars and things like that. That could be the thing that gets him, gets him going. So here is the world's oldest piggy bank. Um, it's 500 years old and it's worth, they say, £1,000. It reminds me of this programme on the telly and I think it's called... Porn shop. Is it porn shop or porn something? It's in Vegas and it's a pawn shop. That's P-A-W-N. You take things in there, things that you think are worth money, and they give you money against them. It's, it's been loosely copied in this country by some bloke who gives money as well to people who want to pawn family items. Yesterday it was candlesticks and a silver bowl, and uh, he, was, he seemed to be incredibly generous. Whereas the, uh, the fat blokes who run the PAWN shop in Las Vegas, uh, it's because it's featured on the television, it's become more of a tourist attraction. We went there years ago when we were in Vegas. I'd never even heard of the programme, never seen it. 
didn't even know what it was, but I went in there only to discover the whole shop was like some giant emporium for buying T-shirts with the family's pictures on there. And they're all extremely overweight and they're also incredibly tight. So somebody will go in there and they say, oh, I've got, for example, you know, a, a medal from the Crimean War. And they'll go to, uh, well, you know, how much are you looking for? Because that's what they do. They always say to you, what are you looking for? So then they know that they can go under. So if ever you go in and somebody says, what are you looking for? Add, uh, you know, add on to it. Don't, don't, go, don't go down. So in other words, if, if you're looking for £1,000, say, well, I'm looking for 3000 And that way the 1000 makes it look as though they've actually got a bargain. But they're so mean in this place in America that somebody will go in there. They had somebody the other day, it was a lady, and she was selling something. And he said, well, how much are you looking for? She said, well, I was, I was hoping for for, I think, $2,000. And he said, oh, I don't know. He said, I couldn't shift this. I couldn't. He said, I, the most I could give you is 200 So she said, could, could, could you maybe go to three? And it was, it was getting a bit pitiful, really. At the end, I only put my hand in my own pocket and sent her the money. Because, and, and he went, no, nah, 200 is my best offer. And people either stand there, and if they really need the money... They're going to have to take it because they don't know where else to go. And the pawn shop is kind of the place. And I felt extremely sorry for this woman who, who was sort of beaten down by these people who are horrible. Absolutely horrible. They're, really as, they're nearly as bad as the, as the people who go to these places where they're sort of bidding on what's, the, what's in a locker. Have you seen that one? Storage Wars. That's another one of these programmes which drives me to distraction. It really drives me mad. Anybody see Jim Dale with Paul O'Grady? I missed it yesterday. Unfortunately, I have to be honest, I, uh, I missed it completely. And I so wanted to see him because he's coming in to talk to me tomorrow. And I'd, I might have to go back onto YouTube later on today and, uh, and re-watch it just to find out uh, what, what, he's, what he's like. I like to, get a, like to get a feel of something. There's certain things that he... Well, I think he'll talk about everything. But I think mainly it's the awards that he's won. He's, he's done very well for awards. And Jim Dale, as you know, from... The, oh, Dr. Nuki. He can do impressions, I think, of Kenneth Williams, which will probably beat the pants off me. But at least we have uh, we have a mutual friend in uh, lovely Barbara Windsor. So we'll talk to him tomorrow. That'll be for a future In Conversation. Kit Harrington this weekend from Game of Thrones and Tito Jackson as well. So it's, uh, it's a good weekend, the bank holiday weekend. And that's In Conversation, which is on Sunday morning between five and six. And uh, we've got a lot to talk about. Spooks is the film which uh, Kit is starring in at the moment. Good film. Good, good film. And Tito's got an album out, and he's going to be announcing a date in July. He's coming back into the country again. So Tito Jackson, Kit Harrington coming in for In Conversation. Five to six on Sunday morning, then I'm live between six and eight, and then it's repeated between nine and ten. So it's something to look forward to if you don't have anything else planned. And you can podcast as well. Still to come on the, uh, the programme, the plumber with a pilot's licence among nine men arrested in the Hatton Garden jewellery heist. Uh, the travel boss who's finally said sorry. It's only taken about nine years, hasn't it? Uh, Linda Nolan gets a court date for benefit fraud. Not the 12,000, as we thought originally. They've decided to shelve eight and just gone for the 4,000. Uh, the most shocking news that you'll read... That's what the papers say. Footballer is virgin. It's not the kind of headline we do on this programme. On the red carpet, it's Michael Caine, fantastic at 82. And Jane Fonda, even more fantastic at the age of 77. Uh, Caravan holidays, they're uh, on the increase. And 261 VIPs probed on child abuse. This is LBC. I'm Steve Allen. On FM, online, on your mobile and on digital radio. Leading Britain's conversation. This is LBC.
This is LBC, leading Britain's conversation with Steve Allen. Tweet at LBC. Text 84850. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. Thursday, the 21st of May. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. David Letterman over in America hosts his final Late Show. 33 years and 6,028 broadcasts. The 68-year-old hosted his final Late Show Wednesday night, opened with tributes from four presidents. Gosh, it's not bad at all, is it? Over here, the Lorraine Kelly High Street Fashion Awards. It's not quite the same, is it, really? The train's cancelled ahead of the national strike. Let's hope we can manage to avert it. Theresa May accuses the police union chiefs of crying wolf, the pilot who killed the dog, the interest in caravan holidays and the gay dads and their children. When they turn 18, Mark, mayor of Brentwood, they're apparently going to Sugar Hut. It can't get worse, can it? Never mind. And Katie Price's husband, Kieran, won't be getting into trouble ever again because she'll write about him in one of her dreary books, How to Get Free Cowpole on the NHS, and uh, The Plumber with a Pilot's Licence, among nine men arrested in a, in a jewellery heist in Covent, uh, in uh, Hatton Garden. So David Letterman hosts his uh, final Late Late Show, 68. They're, they're ageless, the people in America, totally ageless. VIP guests included the Seinfelds, Barbara Walters, Steve Martin, Jim Carey, Peyton Manning, and uh, that's from Letterman's favourite NFL team, the Denver Broncos. So he started his first one in 82 before moving to CBS, 11 years later in 93 with The Late Show after NBC gave the prestigious Tonight Show to Jay Leno. He's probably made millions and millions and millions of dollars because they pay squillions of money over there. Absolutely squillions. They really do. It's an awful lot of money. But there again, they do have enormous audiences. Absolutely enormous. Um, it was the uh, the NatWest Piggy Bank collection. And Vic in Borum, don't tell me you have them. Please don't tell me you have all five piggy banks, do you? I mean, that, that really would be, that would be something, I think. That really would be something. Let's see if we've got a little picture of them. I was trying to remember that. Oh, wow. Wow. They're worth £400 if you've got all five. And, and they're in good condition. So that's quite a nice thing, isn't it? I quite like that idea. I don't think I'd want them. I'm not one of these people that collects stuff like that, but I, I do remember them quite well. Uh, Jill says Wentworth Woodhouse is in South Yorkshire, has its own website, and I agree the property should be saved for the nation. I think we should petition the National Trust and say, come on, please. This is the most beautiful house you're ever likely to see. This is like going inside a palace. In the day when families had, you know, there would have been a state staff of hundreds of people, hundreds of people working there. They would have been the biggest employer in the area. And I urge you to go and check out the pictures of it on the website because you will not be disappointed. Uh, I have a selection of, of twins from Poundland, says June. Once the money goes in, you can't get it out without a can opener. One is for just five P pieces. And as a member of the Royal British Legion Women's Section, I'm trying to meet this year's challenge of collecting one 5p coin for every day between VE Day and this year's 70th anniversary. She says, I'm, I'm up to Feb the 25th, 1915. I know the feeling. I know the feeling. Well done, you. Well done. Uh, Wentworth House. The historical novel Black Diamonds by Catherine Bailey is a brilliant record of Wentworth's heyday. It's a film or TV series begging to be made. Would knock Downton into a cocked hat. It's the fact that this ghastly Manny Shinwell hated the family so much that he undermined their house. The minings went underneath, and so parts of it, the doors don't match up. And uh, there's tunnels underneath the house, and the, the slag heap went up to the back door. 
but really, really something that is so inspirational. It doesn't matter whether you, you agree with people having loads of money. You might as well go around and sort of stand and complain about Buckingham Palace, mightn't you? But uh, this house is amazing that here it, here it stands, a monument to periods of those time and a, a great employer when people, it was balls and parties and... Gosh, just wonderful things, wonderful things. Uh, piggy banks, believe it or not, says Neil, those NatWest piggy banks were 30 years ago. Oh dear, now I feel very old. We had accounts for both our daughters and they still have a full set. Back in the, well, they're worth 400. Back in the 60s, our local bank in Kent was Martin's Bank. Their, their logo was a grasshopper. And my brother and I both had clear orange-coloured grasshopper money boxes. So you could see the money inside. Martin's Bank. I've never even heard of Martin's Bank. Thought I'd heard of most most of them. Uh, Carpol. I'll have to. I've got to find this um, this article on on Calpol, which means you can get it for free. Hollow ponds, says Mark. Wow, that brings back memories when we were kids. The bikers. Uh, hung around in the quick snacks burger van. We would shout at them, calling them names whilst hiding in the bushes. Isn't it funny? You know, you, you mention something to somebody about somewhere that you went in London as a child. And the only reason I went to Wanstead Flats is because uh, my uncle and, and auntie, before they moved up to Norfolk, lived over the road. And they were very near Whips Cross Hospital. And in fact, I've been down to Whips Cross Hospital on, on numerous occasions. Stephen Bridlington... He says, I found this strawberry sparkling wine for you. Thank you so much. He says, in Bridlington, clear blue skies. I haven't looked out of the window here. Is it clear blue skies, Chris? Is it OK? Is it, is it look... Oh, it's a bit iffy, she said. And if she says it's iffy, it's generally quite iffy. She comes from the land of sunshine, Grimsby. Um, I, think, I think Queen Victoria gave grazing rights to local farmers, says Sonia. So it wasn't unusual to see a herd of cows wandering along Woodford High Street. Up until the 80s, they used to amble along, holding up traffic. They seem to have disappeared in recent years, probably health and safety. Well, they shoot them now if they find them on the streets, don't they? Which is not so good. Uh, young Bryn and Annie, over in Wales. Uh, over in, sorry, over in Wales. I was going to say over in Welsh France, but of course they're over in France. Says so the difference between Prosecco and Carver is the country. Prosecco, Italy, Carver, Spanish, made from totally different grapes. Both made by what is known as the Method Champenois. The way that champagne is produced, but because of the European wine laws, they're not allowed to call it champagne. That is exclusive to the area in northern France called Epinay. Wine producers in America don't come under that restriction. Hence, it's possible to get good champagne with some American grapes, and most are very good. By the way, he says, do you know which country is the largest wine producer in the world? Italy. However, one of our favourite types of sparkling wine in France is known as Cremont. Cremont comes from many of the finest white wines producing regions here and is made similar to champagne but with minor changes and uses some of the finest grapes of regions like Cremont de Loire or Limoux or Bordeaux or Burgundy and others. Generally priced at about half the cost of champagne. He said, and unless you're a connoisseur, I challenge anyone to taste the difference, but the price is very much different. And Annie and I would like to suggest you buy a bottle or two of any Cremont sparkling wine and compare it to Prosecco. You may be presently surprised. And uh, Cremont de Loire is the best flavour. He says that uh, me and and Annie have a bottle of wine with most evening meals as the price around here is ridiculously cheap and usually good value for money. It's lovely, isn't it? There can be nothing nicer... Nothing nicer than sort of sitting down and um, and sort of just sort of just taking in everything. Just look at it. That's why I love these programmes that take you out into the countryside. And you look at lovely places you know, overlooking the water. And you think, do you know, to watch the sunset. There's a place that's come up in uh, Villefrance 
uh, in in France, down I think near near Cannes, and your swimming pool overlooks the bay with the ships. And I thought, you know, I could sit there quite happily with with a telescope, watching everything that's going on. Really could actually. Uh, Sue says, "Are you looking for minor ailments scheme?" It's free meds for those entitled to free prescriptions. It aims to free up GP and A&E time. There you go. Minor ailments scheme. Because there's one which is, uh, it's for, for young people, isn't it? Um, Steve, I'm sorry, says Michael, the painter in Enfield, but I cannot get enough of storage hunters and storage wars. The pawn shop shows here and, uh, and LV and baggage battles. Yes. Steve reckons that Colleen Nolan's trying to be controversial like Katie Hopkins. Big difference, Katie Megabright. Mind you, trust Colleen Nolan will be talking about cake. Yes. And Malcolm says for all the input that Colleen Nolan gives loose women, she might as well stay at home. Mick the Milkman says I take a new time of, of warfarin, which makes me itch like heck. And don't start me on metformin. Really? See, I mean, I, I do metformin four times a day. Uh, plus my, my insulin, so I'm well... I've never had any side effects at all. Absolutely nothing. I must. Perhaps I'm very, very lucky. Perhaps I'm very, very lucky with things like that. Uh, there's a great piece on the 75th anniversary of the miracle of Dunkirk. And there are facts in the paper today. Uh, the smallest boat to take part was the Tamsine, a 14-foot open-top fishing boat. It's now in the Imperial War Museum. I've seen it. It's up on the first floor. I've seen it. You look at it and you wouldn't have thought it could have got anybody back, but it's still there. Um, Around 200,000 men were picked up from the Dunkirk Mole, which was a long stone and wooden jetty at the mouth of the port. Soldiers had to wait patiently while under attack from enemy aircraft. I mean, really, absolutely unbelievable. When, you know, people were on the, uh, the beaches trying to get in and trying to get back again, and they were just literally mown down. And, uh... Tragic pictures in the paper today, but we commemorate the 75th anniversary. It's quarter past Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, John Warrington's over in Mexico, I think, where he says the uh, the temperatures over here is about 42 degrees. He says, I'm just going to bed. Well, I couldn't cope with that. It's bad enough in here at the moment. It's nowhere near 42 degrees. And, uh, and Holly says, squillions. I love that. Going to ask for that amount at my next job evaluation. I want a squillion dollars a year. You should get them. Somebody listening in Cologne this morning. Over in Ireland, the gay marriage vote looms. Lots of people will be going back to vote. The Irish are asking, how would God vote? Lots of people uh, are moving into the yes camp. And lots of people are saying here now, go out and create history. Uh, There are those who... uh, who are sort of anti-it. You know, children deserve a mother and a father. No, children deserve to be loved. Children deserve to be loved. It doesn't really matter, you know, whether it's a mother and a father. And that's why with this with this gay vote, there is lots of people talking. In fact, most of the abuse comes from mothers and fathers against children. So let's not sort of lose our way with this one. Children just deserve to be loved. They just deserve to be loved. So uh, they're voting. They're going to go back and it's going to be interesting to see how it turns out. I'm hoping it's going to be the yes vote. I think we are in the year 2015. I think we can kind of move ahead. You know, it's, otherwise it would be blatant discrimination. We've already seen enough discrimination. Thank you very much indeed. I used to live, says Maddie in Walthamstow, which is nice, near Whips Cross. That was during the time that I worked at LBC. And listening to you this morning has brought back some happy and sad memories when I lived there. All my three children were born in Whips Cross Hospital. It is funny, isn't it, when you mention an, an area to somebody and then all of a sudden you can see it, it comes back. 
I can remember because Mark mentioned Brentwood earlier on and I used to live in Brentwood as a, a child because I went to, to school down the road from there. Not at Brentwood School, but out, you know, the other side near Chelmsford. And, um, and, I, and I've, I've been down the road. I can't find my house at all. I think our, our front door was on the side of the house, but I'm not sure. I won't know until I go inside it. But you can't just knock on somebody's door, can you? But the little parade of shops is still there. That hasn't been pulled down. It's just they're all different shops. We used to go there for the bakery and get those, those rolls with the caraway seed on the top. I used to love those. Go and get the rolls and then you come back in and mother... Well, we seemed to survive on very little in those days. My mother obviously trusted me with a fortune. Thruppence. But uh, we used to go into Brentwood. So I've been back a few times now. Been back a few times. But I'd, I need to get my bearings once I'm in there. So well done to Mark, who is now officially the new mayor of Brentwood, which is brilliant. Front pages of the papers. The... Uh, papers, a lot of them are going with the trains cancelled days ahead of the national strike. Virgin have axed the West Coast services, even if the action is called off, uh, which is a, a great shame. Front page of The Sun, the psycho dog killer. This is a man who works as a pilot for Flybe. He's been suspended. He drowned the neighbour's pet and cut it up. I mean, this man should not be allowed to fly a plane ever again. How on earth could you have a psychotic person like that? Quite clearly not, uh, not right. Uh, the Sun campaign against domestic violence have a premier star footballer. This is Danny Simpson. Yesterday warned he faces jail for throttling the mother of his young child. Found guilty of common assault. Although the, uh, the girl in question said, no, 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 he was just doing this. Anyway, he's been found guilty. And um, they say he faces jail. They don't. They're campaigning very heavily against domestic violence. Uh, the Daily Mirror. Last chance to save the bank holiday. I don't want to try and save the bank holiday. I want to make sure that it is preserved. I don't want anybody to threaten my bank holiday. Thank you very much indeed. 261 politicians, TV, radio and film stars, athletes and musicians in the child sex abuse probe. Huge figures. Huge figures on that one. That's from the Mirror Today. Uh, The Daily Mail, Free Lego. Not quite as exciting, is it? Free Lego, unless, of course, you're a collective Lego. And uh, now they've got uh, Barclays and RBS hit by the new £2 billion fine for rigging the markets. And still, say the Daily Mail, crooked bankers laugh at the law. Cliff Richard selling his home, raided by the police. This is the, the Art Deco building. It's in a complex. He doesn't want to go back there. So he's had it cleared and they're going to put it up for sale. He doesn't really want to go back there. He just feels as though his... his uh, Privacy has been invaded. Uh, I've spent a few nights, says Neil, fishing at hollow ponds all night. We could hear the local motorbike gang racing up and down by the all-night cafe. South of France, he says, I spent a month hitchhiking through France in the 70s with a pal of mine. We were buying wine for around 30p a bottle. I can't still remember the headaches. (laughs) Happy days. You remember? Happy days, indeed. Actually, most of us seem to have those happy days. Isn't it funny? You get to a certain uh, certain age and you start having great memories about things. And, and when I looked at this uh, this Wentworth house, it, I don't know why. There's something about it that calls out from it. There are the ghosts of the people who probably used to walk the corridors. In fact, it was so big, so big, that guests, when they were going back to their room, would have to do a, like a paper trail because otherwise they'd never find their room. So they would have the balls there. They'd have to do a little paper trail so they could find where their room was at the end. I mean, just it's, it, get, the, get a documentary, get pictures on the internet, have a look at it, and then say to me that the National Trust shouldn't be doing their job and saving it. Saving it for the nation. That's what they should be doing. It's only £8 million. Go to chicken feed for them. Chicken feed. At the Times, my mother was a nun. Not my mother. This is what the headline is. Could I ever be one? I don't know. ISIS terror suspect smuggled into Europe. 
This is a 22-year-old arrested by anti-terrorism police near Milan. is alleged to have helped stage an attack on the Bardo Museum in Tunis two months ago. And now he's got back in again. Great picture of uh, Michael Caine. Sorry, Sir Michael Caine. I do beg your pardon. He's uh, 80. He doesn't look it. And there's another picture of him uh, promoting, uh, promoting uh, the Sorrentino serial drama Youth. Sir Michael Caine in Cannes with Rachel Weiss. Uh, and the, the story about... Uh, the gay people in Ireland, as gay people would grow up alone, no history, no ballads, no martyrs. Illegal migrants' wages will be seized to deter others, says David Cameron, in an effort to sort this huge problem out. And, uh, in fact, that's the front of the Telegraph as well. And Bryony Gordon and Polly Vernon, why do people hate us for loving our bodies? I don't know. But you can get the book offer, Andy McNabb's latest, Fortress, for only uh, three forty nine. Recommended price is seven ninety nine. So that's a good deal there. And who is uh, Britain's richest sportsman, and he still can't dress himself? It's poor old Hamilton. £100 million deal, but as I say, wears the most ludicrous clothes you've ever seen in your life. That's it for this morning. Thank you very much indeed. There will be, I can hear the cheers already, a free podcast for you today, and it'll be available in about 30 minutes time. Uh, The reason we didn't have it the other day is because of uh, sickness, so we had nobody to record them. But uh, we will be having your free podcast for you today. I wonder what it will bring, ladies and gentlemen. What celebrity names will be in the frames? And um, apparently Jim Dale was on the radio last night talking about his career. Lovely. Well, he's going to be with me tomorrow. So I shall look forward to that, and then that'll be in a future in conversation, because he's doing his one-man show at the Vaudeville Theatre. Have a a great day. Back with you tomorrow morning at 7 this morning. It's Nick Ferrari and the team. But coming up next, though, it's Lisa Aziz with the morning.